Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the Bitch, you got coronavirus. I'm packed and I'm humming. I'm smiling. She did and she got and she did for me. Said she did for me. You may say. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as the director of the AFT. David knows AFT well. To gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake in what we're talking about. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You are fake news. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Very fake I will eat your ass. I'll do it. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big up to Rebecca for keeping that woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly, uh, banned on YouTube. You can ask Susan about that. People often do, at least tonight. But I'm glad to see we have a good amount of people hanging out on DLive. I can't see the numbers on Trovo, but it looks like a fair amount of the audience has decided to come over. So that's very nice. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. How are you, Blonde? I'm good. How are you? It's weird. I feel like I'm screaming into an abyss, but... We're definitely not screaming into an abyss. I can, I can, I'm happy to report that. But there is something that just feels weird about not going to YouTube for the first time in the history of the show outside of... Wednesday's call-in show, but does the call-in show really count? Anyway, as we'll get to, we'll get to all the details of of how and why we were banned on YouTube. The irony being, uh, it could be the fault of both the call-in show and a fake hit piece, which is a great way to to go down, I guess. Can I see how many are watching live on DLive? I I have numbers in front of me right now with stream monitors. We got over thirteen hundred on D Live right now, oh, and that excludes cool. Trovo. Okay. So hey, that's pretty good, all things considered. Not being on YouTube, we appreciate it. And um, so we'll we'll go through exactly what's going on. And if it pleases Susan, we'll be back on YouTube on Wednesday and on Sunday because this is for now at least a one week ban after last week's show. And we couldn't stop the show even if even if we wanted to because it's a huge week of news. Uh, Joe Biden unveils his first round of gun control plans, but I think more importantly names this uh, Waco veteran anti-gun activist as the prospective head of the ATF or the AFT, whichever you prefer. We'll get into that. That guy, that guy's grinning on the ashes of Waco. Oh yeah. <laughs> he can't wait to do it to you. I guess this is uh 
that's the that's the worst thing to come out of uh, what was otherwise kind of a meaningless press conference. Pistol braces and all that. Yeah, we'll get to it. But this guy, uh, I think we should all be a little bit worried about for reasons well beyond just the Second Amendment. Yeah, I'd say. And uh, the second week of the Derek Chauvin trial gets pretty shaky for the prosecution. And of course, the defense hasn't even made its its case yet. So if reasonable doubt is the standard, I would say there are multiple angles for being reasonable in doubting that Derek Chauvin uh, murdered George Floyd or at least was negligent in George <laughs> Floyd's death. Yeah. And then experts are just baffled. It's kind of a contradiction in terms, experts being baffled, but they are baffled at how lockdown states are continuing to do worse than free states with coronavirus. Mm. It's as if their prescriptions do nothing, but they'll never acknowledge <laughs> it. And then uh, we do have some updates on the Capitol riot causes of death released for everyone, but Brian Sicknick. And that's because that death requires extensive fabrication to explain and apply cause to. So we will learn more about what we can learn there. And I, I have a uh, hoax hate to close and we will uh, still check in with super chats. Can't do YouTube. Obviously tippy stream is the option. If you uh, don't want to use the systems on D live or Trovo, uh, we'll we'll check in between topics, uh, of course, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show still because we are no good low down money grabbers and uh, we'll take as many as we can until 1130 Eastern. So get them in early if you'd like them read. And of course, it's going to be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Don't forget that the show store is up and running. We have T-shirts, we have mugs, we have hats. We have it all, plus we have uh, special deals from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. And this week, our feature business is our friends over at Phoenix Ammunition. Over at Phoenix Ammunition, they are still pumping out ammo despite Gretchen Whitmer sending thugs to harass them over <laughs> mask noncompliance and despite yeah. the ammo market being what it is. If you've tried to buy ammunition in the last year, you know how insane things are. And unfortunately, uh, demand is is just as sky high for Phoenix. But if you're looking to grab some, this is how you do it. I get emails, people asking all the time. I'll explain to you how you get the ammo from Phoenix. You got to be on it. You head on over to phoenixammo.com. F-E-N-I-X, ammo.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a subscription box or a newsletter subscription box. Put your email in there. That will make sure that you get an email when there are stock refreshes. And then also... Head on over to Twitter and follow at Phoenix Ammunition. Again, Phoenix with an F. And uh, our friends at Phoenix will post a notification ahead of time as well over there for when ammo stock becomes available. Now, in the meantime, set yourself up an account on phoenixammo.com and uh, make sure you have all your information already typed in. So when you're ready to order, it's just a few clicks because unfortunately you do have to beat out the other five guys trying to beat yeah. you or the other 5,000 guys. <laughs> So get the notifications from Phoenix, set yourself a reminder at the time the ammo is going to become available, preload all your info. And then when the time comes, you just hit a few buttons. And if you do all those steps, plus you use promo code MC listener, you will get an additional 5% off for your troubles. And I'm actually happy to report because they, you can see this stock notification. They had one Thursday night and I had to be out of the house because it was at, uh, it was at eight Eastern. And I had to be out of the house till nine Eastern, but I got back home. And I thought, oh, I'll just check. Maybe, maybe they got something. I still was able to get some nine millimeter an hour Whoa. later. So really, that yeah. must be some kind of record. 
Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe people didn't see the notification or I don't know what happened, but you, it, it can still be had. So don't give up. Uh, anyway, uh, as a reminder, 5% off everything from Phoenix ammo using promo code MC listener. You can find everything you need from Phoenix plus other special deals from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses, including charity swipes, Sonoran defense technologies, hero soap company, and more. That's Matt Christensen, media.com slash deals, deals for listeners by listeners. Okay, let's uh, let's hop into the YouTube ban. We did get into it a little bit on um, on Wednesday's stream, the, the call-in stream, but we did not. We've not had a, a chance to explain it to everybody. Let me get the email notification up here. So this is how it went down. It's about uh, noon Mountain Time on Tuesday. I received this email uh, notifying me that Sunday's stream has violated YouTube's community guidelines on medical misinformation. Uh, no, <laughs> that's what we're talking about on Wednesday. Just, just to be clear, it was medical misinformation, all right? Not blondes, heads on pikes references. Not blondes saying coronavirus isn't even real. The ultimate medical misinformation, you would think. I've said that oh. dozens of times. <laughs> there was something special about this stream for some reason. So, of course, they don't give me specifics about what that means. So I appeal. I'm not going to, of course, I'm going to appeal. That's the only option I have. You're telling me my channel's banned for a week. I appeal. Well, within an hour, YouTube gets back to me and says, yeah, uh, we had a, a human being take a look at your appeal and it still violates our medical misinformation policy. <laughs> Keep in mind, this was within an hour to an hour and a half of appealing. So that means one of two things. Either they didn't watch the whole stream because it's a two and a half hour stream or they know exactly where the violation material is. And they just checked it again at the same timestamp, but they won't tell us what that timestamp is. And uh, so, th and that's, that's all my options. That's all the appeal I can do. The decision is final. I'm banned on YouTube for a week. So I haven't been able to stream or post videos since yeah. Tuesday. And I got this at the worst possible time, which was, I'm, I'm sitting down to make the normal video that I usually make, which just enrages me. <laughs> and then I got to sit in front of the camera and try to try to be normal. And still make that video. Uh, but this is and this is the thing that bugs me the most. I can't even post a text notification on YouTube <laughs> to the audience to be like, hey, listen, Susan oh. banned me. Uh, I can't post videos, but you can head on over to DLive or Trovo or BitChute or Rumble if you want to see the material for now. I can't even do that. So who knows what percent of the audience just thinks I disappeared, that I decided to quit, that I took a week oh. off. For some You're reason. so regular. Everybody knows. By the way, we are up to 3,000 total viewers right now. That's really good. That's excellent. 2,400 on DLive. So those are those are almost our typical. That, we really appreciate it, guys. You know, I, I prepare the show as, I don't know. I didn't know if 10 people were going to watch or 10,000 or what. But I appreciate that the show means so much to you guys that you would come over and uh, and try out a different platform to see it. Okay. This is the other thing that I find enraging beyond banning the show, obviously, at least for a week, is the language in the communication here and the treatment. Obviously, this is canned communication. They're not writing us a personal email right. here. Everybody who gets banned gets this language. But just the, the language in here, quote, we know this is probably disappointing news, <laughs> but it's our job to make sure that YouTube is a safe place for all. Well, first of all, it's not just disappointing news. That is a stab at our career. That is a stab yeah. at our jobs. That's a stab at our livelihoods. That is how these two families survive, including, of course, your young child, including my child on the way. 
it's not just disappointing news as though like I don't know, it rained on the day of my baseball game or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Please, please tell me, Susan. Oh, I know it's disappointing news that your income has become sabotaged for nebulous reasons. And 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 just the treatment. I understand that YouTube has its rules. That's fine. I, 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 as much as I would like them to uphold the free speech values, I don't have an entitlement to their platform necessarily. But given how much we've done for them and how much this audience has done for them and how much loyalty we've all showed them despite the bullshit, you would think Susan and the rest of them could just treat us like human beings. Can you have a conversation with us and say, listen, you cross the line here. If you do this again, we're going to have to sever the relationship. Fair enough. Instead, we have to talk about ro- instead of robot army is coming at us with algorithms to slice up our wallets. And yeah, I'm exactly. being told that that Susan and the rest of them are the morally righteous people. You don't have to love us, Susan. You don't have to associate with us. Even I fully support Susan's association rights, just like anybody else. But in any other workplace relationship, you would call this bullshit. If you treated an employee like this at a store or even uh, someone who contracts with you to do work on your house or something, that's a bullshit way to treat someone you work with regardless, but they're the saints and we're the sinners. It's unreal. Yeah. I mean, they don't care about the loyalty. That's the thing. This was always about them flexing how how good they are and how much they appreciate diversity and how they ban people indiscriminately. Um, but I mean, my real problem with this is that this this was a baffling reason to suspend your account for a week. I have said so much shit on this podcast. And every time I say something, I'm like, like, remember that one time that I actually thought that I was going to get arrested for incitement? Mm hmm. And there I was are like multiple begging you t- well, to yes. cut it out of the stream. Yeah. yeah. And that one got ads. Yeah, I and that didn't. one got ads. I yeah. didn't, and that one got ads. There was I an N word dropped, uh, in context, of course. Uh, what else? There's there's been straight up advocacy of political violence. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. it, it is unreal. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing I'll say real quick before we move on to what actually caused this: there's the language about uh, we have to keep YouTube a, pl- a safe place for all. Who, for whom was it unsafe? Right. Who was harmed? What happened to them? Did someone, as we'll get to in a moment, did someone tune in and think that we were actually presenting a cure for coronavirus and they were medically misled? Did any of that happen? And I want the audience to be clear, too. That's not just Susan telling us that we're putting you guys in danger. That's her telling you that she should be the arbiter of what is too dangerous and risky for you or not. It's not just a censorship force against us. It's a censorship force against you that you're too dumb yeah. To realize it, what's unsafe for you. It's so insulting to the viewer. That's, that's what pisses me off. Yeah, here. it's insulting like, to like everybody. They can't choose their own content. They don't know what is true and what isn't true. They can't make their own decision. Yeah. I mean, and, and then also, the, what about the flurry of, of actual medical advice that we've given to people on YouTube about coronavirus? Probably, like, yeah. You're a retard if you take the vaccine. I've said that <laughs> innumerable times. It's like, this is what you guys are getting us on? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so to get to exactly what... Uh, we don't know exactly what it was. We have to infer. They won't tell us what caused it. But everybody got to thinking, well, what was different from last week's show from a coronavirus or medical misinformation perspective versus any other show? And I agree because we talked about this typical stuff that we talk about. Yeah. This is the theory. Ironically, if you recall last week, we had a, a joke hit piece sent to us by a, a listener and his wife who are a member of the New England meetup group. And we went through just this hit piece that's very funny. It's obvious satire. I scrolled down to the bottom of the page and I briefly referenced 
This headline in the health section, the call-in talk talk show is the cure for COVID, according to Dr. Fauci. Now, obviously that's a joke, but we know how hypersensitive YouTube is to any language. Yes, the algorithm, any language about cures for coronavirus. Recall the hydroxychloroquine doctors from last summer who were banned off YouTube and talking about them was deleted off YouTube in in my case. Mm. So we know you really can't say the words coronavirus and cure in any sort of linked context. That makes sense that the algorithm would pick that up. But keep in mind, the appeal was reviewed by a human. A human did that. So I'm guessing that humans even have directions that say, I don't care if it's a joke. I don't care if it's obviously insincere. You can't or claim Indian people have no sense of humor either. Yeah, it could be that, too. Uh, you You just can't claim there's a cure for coronavirus, even if you're joking. So. That's where all of this stands. Uh, I do want to tie up some loose ends here about what's next for us and and what to do and all this. So I, no matter what happens, I'm I'm not leaving YouTube until they boot me and I'm not quitting either. I, I YouTube, for better or worse, is still the place to find the most people. And it's where I built my name and we built this show. So I'm not leaving voluntarily unless they kick me off. And I want the satisfaction of being kicked off. So (laughs) come Wednesday, come Sunday, things will be back to normal in that regard. Um, But but as far as what you can do, this is the thing that we have to protect ourselves against. Uh, Bookmark the website. It's mattchristensenmedia.com and and follow at least one non-YouTube and probably one non-Twitter social media platform for me and for us. Uh, Because if you're expecting videos or streams and they don't show up, I guarantee you it's not because I quit. Either I died or someone has banned me. Yeah. So you'll get the information there. Just just, uh, follow up on the website. And I, I did have a couple requests for a newsletter. I don't run one, but maybe it would be wise for me to start up a newsletter just to get news out in case stuff like this happens. I will consider yeah. that. That's true. And uh, as always, if if you just if you enjoy the show and you'd miss it if it was gone, consider supporting it. And that doesn't just mean money. We do appreciate a buck a month thrown our way, or picking up a T-shirt or a mug or something like that. But just word of mouth sharing of the show with your friends or family, or just help us uh, get more eyes and ears. That's always appreciated. And above all, I just want to say thank you guys for being a rock solid community for this channel and the show to see how many people came over to watch on uh, on DLive and Trovo and to see how many people have sent me messages and decided to support the channel and all that sort of stuff. Um, I was as pissed off on Tuesday as I have been uh, <laughs> in months, if not years. Yeah. And I was able to get back to work and calm down because I know that Susan can only put up hurdles. She can't delete me. She can't delete this. She can toss a few hurdles in our way, but that's that's all she can do. So we're going to be just fine. And we have you guys to thank for that. So we appreciate it. Thirty five hundred viewers. Excellent. Uh, do you have anything more to say about the band before we move into the news? Um, let's talk. Whoa. You just, I think, unhooked your mic. What? Well, now it's back. It went to like your it sounded all weird for a second, but now it's back. Um, while we can, so this is we can say whatever we want on this show, presumably, right? This is the Basically, first show we can say. Yeah, I'm not going to post this to YouTube. I've been thinking about the vaccine lately. This is probably something I would not say on the Sunday show. <laughs> okay, and you know, it's possible that with the number of adverse reactions, I don't know why everybody's acting like it's fucking normal for all, to have all these adverse reactions to vaccines. I just I've had know. a bunch of vaccines. Has anybody ever from a vaccine gotten anything but in, injection site soreness? Um, I don't know. Like p- 
people have been straight up dying from this vaccine. It's possible that in two years, half the people that have taken the vaccine are dead. <laughs> well, uh, wouldn't that be hilarious? I would uh, that, never stop laughing. Some would say tragic. Some would say they'd never stop crying. No, um, I mean, it would just be like the greatest extinction event for stupid people uh, in the history of mankind. <laughs> well, well, I'm not... I, I'm not going to say everyone who gets the vaccine is stupid. I think that you there are different risk calculations for different people. No, it's it's retarded. Like I, I well, I, I get it I if you're if you're highly at risk or you're 80 or something. I get it. What? What? Why? Why? Because for a lot of people, the risk of getting the vac for that demographic, the risk of getting the vaccine is probably lower than the risk of getting the virus. But you have to be mm. really frail or really compromised. Really frail. Yeah. So- I don't know. Um, I just wouldn't have that much of a problem with that. <laughs> okay. Just on the record, if you get the vaccine and you die, Blonde will laugh. That's okay. Let's do we just want that known for this stream. I was just thinking about it before I went to sleep last night, but I was like, okay, good night. We will talk a little bit more coronavirus and vaccine stuff later in the show. Um, but let's get, let's get through some news items. Um, what was your favorite uh, good pillow moment? Uh, did it even get off the ground? I don't uh, know. The jokes about the pillow biting were probably the best thing about Good Pillow. <laughs> so, uh, well, I recall only a few months ago that David Hogg was promising the world about his new, uh, this new pillow company he was making called Good Pillow and how it was going to put Mike Lindell's My Pillow to shame and potentially out of business. Remember, he promised Good Pillow was uh, going to adhere to every single item on the progressive list of demands too. They were going to be sustainably sourced. They were going to be carbon neutral. They were going to have union labor and profits. Of course, were going to be donated to R2 Dindu and he and his business uh, partner posted on their shitty website here, patting themselves on the back for making this crappy splash page that looks like a high school website project. And they, they say here in the text seven days ago, they said it could not be done. Here we are two months later and still nothing has been done. There's not a single (laughs) pillow produced or sold. Crickets have chirped since mid February. During that time, it was also revealed that somebody smarter than Harvard student, David Hogg had actually filed the trademark on good pillow. So it wasn't even clear that David Hogg was going to be able to sell his pillows under the name good pillow, but that doesn't matter because David Hogg's not going to sell any pillows over the weekend. He announced that uh, he is resigning from good pillow effective immediately. <laughs> David says, given his activism, schoolwork and family commitments, he can't give 100% to the project, which is weird because he gave 100% to the shit talking. Yeah. So I, I don't know what happened to his commitment to the bit, but uh, he's, he's done. I guess the company's still going to go on, but David Hogg is done as a friend Who's of the taking sh- over. His his business partner, that William Legate guy who designed the website. Ugh. So as a friend of the show summarized, it was basically a perfect representation of the leftist philosophy and experience put into practice. So theorize about something you have absolutely no experience in. <laughs> lecture others about how it should be done. Give it a half-assed attempt and virtue signal while you're doing so. Fail yeah. hard. Virtue signal some more while you Homer Simpson back into the hedges having actually produced nothing. And then blame others for your failures, refuse to reflect inwardly and repeat. And just to summarize, David Hogg just confirmed that being a Harvard student is, in fact, easier than successfully starting and growing a business. Doesn't that say something? 
Yeah, something to think about. It used to mean something to go to Harvard, you know? Not anymore. <laughs> At least not if David Hogg is any indicator. Okay. Last week, uh, you had felt some sympathy for Hunter Biden, despite him describing desperately smoking Parmesan uh, during his crack benches. Uh, has I your sympathy? What I said. You still have sympathy for Hunter Biden? No, I mean, I, I have sympathy for drug addicts. I don't think it's a moral failing in gotcha. the way we used to. Uh, but can you be a drug addict and also a piece of shit human being? Yes. And I'm 99% sure he's sober right now because he looks pretty good, like he's sober. And he's still being a piece of shit. So <laughs> I just want to separate that from the drug addiction, if possible. So this week, more news came out through the Daily Mail, including additional confirmation that the laptop he's... Uh, He's dismissed as a Giuliani hoax and a red herring was, in fact, uh, Hunter's. But that's not really news. We, we all kind of knew that. It turns out not only was Hunter having drunk, uh, drug binges with prostitutes, but he had uh, secret service protection at these events, despite not being eligible for protection. This was 2018 when uh, Joe Biden was the former vice president. Uh, and speaking of the laptop, it has a great many uh, images that don't. I would say don't exactly inspire sympathy <laughs> uh, viewer discretion advised. They're about to get a little dicey. Uh, here's Hunter pulling the hair of a prostitute. Um, what else do we have? We have, uh, Oh, here's Hunter's threesome that was reportedly on Pornhub with a dog, I guess, watching. And then this one, this one is actually the most upsetting or I think the most, uh, shocking or difficult to look at hunter's meth mouth this is what his teeth looked like after many years of drug abuse apparently he got those fixed and then something that's a little more consequential less personal i suppose uh hunter as of february 2019 urging his dad to run for president so that he hunter will personally have a chance at redemption this is a guy who's abused his connection to his father for years but Apparently, this is just another way to do it. And of course, Hunter is getting all these uh, uh, very friendly, puffy interviews about his book, Beautiful Things. These are all the beautiful things. Oh. <laughs> That's Hunter for you. Any, anything else on that? No. Oh, man. God, he looks so rough in these. That poor dog. Yeah, I feel bad for the dog. Uh, I hope he survived that incident. Anyway, uh, did you see Alex Jones allegedly stopped a human trafficking incident? That is the claim. Um, of course, the not at all crisis continues at the border. And Alex Jones was reporting with his team on the border crisis and human trafficking in McAllen, Texas. And uh, while he's doing this, he he witnesses a man shoving several young children into the rear of an SUV. No seatbelts or car seats. Alex and other bystanders intervened. A police uh, officer eventually arrives and the children were removed from the car and placed back inside this charity that's running this operation, apparently transporting them. This is what the scene looked like. You got a car seat for them? You got a car seat? That's illegal, bro. Where are you taking these kids? That's illegal. If you get in a traffic accident, those where are you, kids where are you taking these kids? You have a car seat. You're violating Texas law. Who, who, who is this right here? Hey, you have hey, no comments. You this got is those Christ children right. in there illegally. You're about to run a human being over. Hey, you got those you? children in there. Who are you? You got who those smuggled you? children illegally. This is a massive are. smuggling. This is literally human smuggling. Hey, dude, get this video right. 
What the hell's the matter with you? No car seat. No car seat. On the left. What organization is this? I want to know who the hell this is. Hmm. Oof, that doesn't look great. Now, according to the InfoWars report, the charity running this operation provides illegal immigrants with airplane or bus tickets to a city of their choosing and a debit card for $1,200 per person. They are transported to the airport or bus uh, by the charity it's uh, by the charity itself through their staff the charity's website claims they have assisted over 23,000 illegal immigrants the clip that we just saw went viral on twitter and many people said it was staged or fake um, but uh, sister uh, norma pimentel uh, executive director of the catholic charities of the rio grande valley that's this charitable organization said the video was quote a contrived misrepresentation of the organization's work so if I understand her quote, she disagrees with the characterization of the video, but she's not saying those kids were fake or that the guy driving the car was fake. Um, and it doesn't seem to say that the video is inauthentic. <laughs> she says she does say, quote, the video clip is a staged confrontation interrupting the goodwill of someone providing assistance in the form of transportation for three mothers and their children to the humanitarian respite center. Ideally, uh... The children should have been wearing seatbelts. Unfortunately, this was not the case in this instance. The charity uh, is not involved in any human smuggling or trafficking networks. So it sounds to me that she acknowledges the authenticity of what's going on and says uh, we probably should have had seatbelts on those kids. But other than that, this is, in fact, a thing that is normal at some level. Mm, I don't think so. Regardless, that makes for uh, excellent TV. I thought Alex Jones was actually going to lift that car. <laughs> yeah, I would. Hulk I out. thought it was going to get a little hotter than it did when I first watched it. What I mean is, like, was he going to get run over? Was he going to? Hotter is an odd choice of word. There, you get what I'm saying. Like more, uh, a, a higher more degree of threesomes conflict. with smugglers. Is more, yes. I put a dog in there to watch it, Hunter Biden style. <laughs> You get what I'm saying, though, like a like a more severe conflict, like they actually yeah. get, might get a little more physical. But anyway, uh, you know, there are, in fact, what seatbelts are not, there are riskier things to do to uh, children. And um, it's probably to put them in that car without seatbelts than it is to put them on a United flight in a tweet that, uh, thank God, got a deserving ratio this week. United Airlines posted this uh, video about their plan to make half their pilots women and people of color. No. So it says, by 2030, we plan to train 5,000 pilots through the United Aviate Academy. We plan for 50% of admitted students to be women or people of color. Applications are open. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. Take your captain's seat. It is a four-hour and 25-minute flight. We'll be going all the way up to 37,000. Okay, so... No, I can't fly United anymore. If I got on a plane and I had a black female captain, I would get <laughs> off that plane. I'd get off the plane. Absolutely not. They're going to have the highest crash rate of, of any airline. <laughs> well, they, uh, I'll, have you I'll just been let in that... a road altercation with a black woman. I have not. I can't say I have. I have. I'll just let that one simmer. But all I can say is uh, now you won't just have lesbians driving you off cliffs. They will fly you. Straight into the ocean. Yeah. How is what I said any worse than that? <laughs> it's all subjective. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Okay, tell me about, uh, before we get into the, the Joe Biden gun stuff, there was another mass shooting that doesn't count this week, and it was by an ex-NFL player. Weirdly, the second one 
the one just last week was allegedly connected to football and this one's allegedly connected to football. So what's the deal? His name was Philip Adams. He was an NFL player from 2010 to 2015 on the 49ers and then the Raiders and then the Falcons. I don't know what any of this means. Um, but he only had two concussions. So I'm not seeing a lot of evidence outside of the family statement that he really had head trauma. Typically, when you see somebody's change, personality change entirely, it's going to be like repeated head traumas. Like most of the people that I know have had two concussions, especially if they played sports growing up or played soccer or anything like that. I've had a concussion. I mean, lots of people have had two concussions. It's like the repeated concussion thing. So I'm more skeptical yeah. of this story. Um, but his family has said that his personality changed entirely at some point and that he went from being um, like a really nice, easygoing guy to being really temperamental. But I haven't seen any corroboration from any doctor or anything like that. Um, an anonymous source said that his parents lived near the doctor's home that he killed in Rock Hill and that he had been treated by the doctor, but I couldn't find any corroboration on that either, but I'm pretty sure that that he has. Hmm. So he killed um, Dr. Robert Leslie, who was 70, his wife, Barbara Les Leslie, she was 69. He also killed um, their grandchildren, Ada and Noah, nine and five. Crazy, right? And then he also killed two HVAC techs that were working on their home at the time, 38-year-old James Lewis and Robert Shook, um, who survived for a little while, but then, but then he died. And then he went off and there was a nine hour search and then they found his body with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and of course, uh, you haven't heard much about this and you won't hear anything more because the demographics of this story don't match what we want to talk about. Yeah. This, um, this story got memory hold really fast. They were like, Oh, a black guy killed a white doctor and his entire family and a bunch of kids. And then two tech age back tech. Ooh, ooh. And just today there was, yeah. Uh, so nobody survived. There was one guy who survived for a little while and then he died. Nobody. nobody survived, yeah. So nobody survived at all. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, can you imagine if this was a white dude? Uh, yeah, of course you'd, you'd hear all about this and they don't, not only this is what's interesting is like, not only do they not talk about this story, but I don't think we have any reporting on the races of the victims either. We just don't know. Is that they're all white or they're all white. Okay. Yeah. So they're all white. Uh, if you flipped it and say that a white guy killed all black people or in the case of Atlanta a few weeks ago, white guy kills mostly Asian people, then it's just obviously a racial motive where in this, yeah. in this I case, mean, there's no on, evidence on of a racial Mail. motive. I don't know. I mean, the doctor treated him there. There, it doesn't, does it matter if there was a racial motive? We never would hear about it if the shoe were on the other foot. Yeah. I don't think, I don't care if there was or not. He killed people. That's all that really matters. But well, he killed white people that's from a, from a reporting matters. perspective. They obviously would care. I saw this on daily mail, which is not a U.S. paper. And then the only other place that I wouldn't have even known about it if I didn't read the stormer. <clears throat> <laughs> always I mean, with, always with the big scoops. Yeah. Hey, the Daily Stormer is an excellent source of news <laughs> and legitimate source of news. Andrew Anglin has been on it lately. Where well, did you read I, about this? <laughs> it's always compared to what? And if you're asking me to compare it to CNN for credibility, I'll... flip a coin, man. Flip a coin. Take your pick. <laughs> well, where did you hear about this? Uh, I heard about this. I think, I don't know. I, I saw it probably on Breitbart or somewhere. When it was first breaking. Oh, really? I don't know where I first heard about it. 
but it was circulating through people I follow on Twitter because people I follow on Twitter are inclined to talk about this sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the obvious gun control that has to be the response to this. Uh, at a press conference on Thursday, Joe Biden unveiled his uh, big new gun control plans, most of which is pointless nonsense that doesn't really mean <laughs> anything. And there are a couple of potentially forthcoming executive actions that will impact actual gun rights and property. But what probably matters most is the nomination of this Waco veteran anti-gun activist, David Chipman, for the head of the ATF. We'll get to that in a moment. But just to summarize these actions that Biden is taking, he's publishing model red flag legislation for states. That doesn't matter because the blue states already have it or are going to pass it. The red states aren't going to pass it. It doesn't really do anything. Uh, Investment in evidence-based community violence interventions. Proven strategies for reducing gun violence in urban communities. That's funny. That's that's sort of a weird acknowledgement that there's a lot of gun violence in urban communities, but you have to focus on uh, tools rather than incarceration, says Joe Biden. So, again, that's that's programs for trying to rehabilitate or prevent crime. It doesn't really impact your gun rights, per se. Yeah. Uh, Justice Department will issue an annual report on gun trafficking. Uh, So just more reports and more bureaucracy. It's a waste of money and it's not something I would support, but also not directly related to gun rights. What is directly related to gun rights is the justice department will within 30 days issue a proposed rule on so-called ghost guns. Now, just in case you're not a gun person, what this term refers to is parts or kits that can be later assembled into guns after you buy them. So they aren't guns when they're sold. They aren't guns when you acquire them. They are only guns if you build them into guns, which is usually a little more than just putting Legos together. You actually have to do some machining or drilling some holes. You actually have to do some actual quote unquote manufacturing on these kits to make them guns. It's not as simple as like screw in this piece and it's done. Now, Americans have always had the legal right to build their own guns for personal use. Uh, It's only if you sell guns that you have to put a serial number on them. So that's the distinction between so-called ghost guns and mass-produced, commercially-produced guns is is a serial number. Right. And um, so what we're talking about is classifying things that aren't guns into guns because they are in shapes that the Biden administration thinks are too close (laughs) two guns in their subjective judgment. So just think like the analogy would be, okay, if someone sold you a steering wheel and a set of wheels and maybe some cylinders, did they sell you a car? Did they sell you parts to a car? But if you actually built the car and put it together, you, you really produced that car. Even if someone sold you parts for it, could you, if some, let's, how about this? If someone, sells you a steering wheel, should you have to register that with your local DMV in the same way you'd register (laughs) your car? It doesn't make any sense. It's not a car. It's a piece of it, potentially. And and beyond that, there's just, there's very little evidence that ghost guns in this way are being used in Chicago street crime, for example. They might have ghost guns in the way that they actually scrape serial numbers off of guns to make them untraceable. But that's not what Biden is talking about going after. He's talking about going after kits that you assemble yourself. And I don't think that the people committing the bulk of the gun violence are sitting down with sophisticated tools and machining capabilities and manufacturing the guns themselves. I think they are just getting guns and scraping the cereals after the fact. Do you know what percentage of guns uh, 
legal guns on the mar- in the market right now are ghost guns. No, it's got to be. I, I I don't know. I mean, that's the point is you don't know because that those stats aren't provided. I would be comfortable speculating. Have you read anything though, like that that has speculated the number? I have not seen, uh, but I I'm sure that they exist in the millions. But I bet For that they're sure, yeah. I bet they're like one percent of total guns owned. Really, it's very small. I guess people don't want to do the work, but I know a lot of people that have built their own guns. Well, yeah, and keep in mind, like people can people can build their own guns without the use of these kits. It's just what Biden is talking about is 80% lowers, uh, 80% Glock frames, companies that actually manufacture these for purchase of other people, but that aren't technically guns. So couldn't these companies just get together and each take a certain part so that you could buy like kit 740 from one company and kit, you know, 750 from another company. A lot of that stuff already exists. It's just a lot of companies, as we'll see with pistol braces in a moment, they go right up to the line. So this technically isn't a gun because I've sold you these pieces that you can assemble with some basic skills. Uh, You know, again, it's not easily done, but it can be done. Um, They'll just find a way to work around it. Yeah, You can't stop people from building their own firearms. You can do it with pipes from Home Depot if you want. Two by fours and pipes, man. Okay, so, and then uh, we also have this action on pistol braces. So recall, uh, this is what the boulder shooter used on his AR, which we discussed just a few weeks ago when we were talking about this one potentially forthcoming. And here it is. Wow, I totally forgot about that. Within 60 days, the Department of Justice will issue a, a rule to make clear when a device marked as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the NFA. So... Just to recap this very briefly, uh, per federal law, you can only have a rifle if its barrel is 16 inches or longer. If you want one with a shorter barrel, you need to register it with the feds. You need to go through an extensive background check. We're talking months on end, and you need to pay a $200 tax to legally possess that. You can have a pistol so long as your AR or similar weapon doesn't have a stock on it, which would make it a rifle. So keep your keep your gun short and it's a pistol because there's no stock on it that's where you get these pistol braces like you see on the butt end of the AR556 like the boulder shooter used technically that's designed to it designed to wrap around your arm and be stabilizing in that way rather than to be shouldered that's the distinction and that's not my opinion by the way it's not my opinion that these don't turn uh ar pistols and other similar pistols into (sighs) rifles that's the atf's opinion the reason these are freely sold is because the atf has issued legal opinions for the last decade that says these are fine they don't convert that firearm into a short barreled rifle you're free to buy these you're free to put them on there you're free to shoulder them if you want that's what the atf has said now the biden administration says we don't like that so why don't you just make up different words and uh, put those out there so that we can start banning these things potentially um, because we feel like it, not because of legislation. And just to remind you of how consequential that would be. It's not like, oh, you had this, so you a $100 fine. If you have this, potentially 10 years in prison, $10,000 fine. That is outrageous. Even though these are made in the millions. And uh, oh, where's my... Oh, no, never mind. I got ahead of myself. But uh, I want to go. I want to emphasize why we should care about this even beyond just gun rights stuff. So just like with with Trump and the bump stocks. Yes, he is responsible for setting a lot of this precedent. Whether you care about guns or not, you're talking about redefining property. You're talking about the government redefining 
the property that you legally own today as illegal tomorrow and either forcing you to surrender it or sell it to them for the price that they define, which is the same thing morally as forced surrender. Whose property is that? Is it yours or is it the government's? You should care about that regardless of guns. Second, deprivation of property without due process of law. Uh, Do you want them doing this stuff without due process? The, The Constitution says nobody shall be deprived of their property without due process. Where's the due process here? You haven't been convicted of any crime. Oh, it's, they'll make that happen. Well, they'll figure it out, I suppose. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's just that the government decided they didn't like your property. That's the due process in place here. And even if you think that the government should be defining what property is legal to own and what isn't, I grant that there's some gray area there. But understand what you're doing is redefining that property extra legislatively. Mm-hmm. Right. That's even more sinister because this wasn't done by law. These aren't proposals that Congress passed into laws. These are proposals for the executive branch to just redefine things and start punishing. The executive doesn't write laws, of course, but that's what Joe Biden is setting out to do. And I will say once more, yes, this is why the bum stock precedent was so bad. If you want the executive just saying, ah, I think this property should count definitionally as that, and I should be able to take it away. That's why it was so bad. The other reason that you should care is because um, these people have no idea what the hell they're talking about or they're just lying or they just want to be in control. Here's uh, Joe Biden and Merrick Garland just making shit up about pistol braces. Stabilizing brace hook in a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning into a short barreled rifle. That's what the alleged shooter in Boulder appears to have done. Such braces make high-powered pistols more stable and accurate while still concealable. Within 60 days, ATF will issue a proposed rule that will make clear that when a device marketed as a stabilizing device effectively turns a pistol into a short-barreled rifle. That cannot okay. be true that it makes a that it makes it more accurate. Uh, I don't know anything o- about guns, but that cannot be true. Only insofar as it uh, only in so far as it provides you an additional point of contact on the weapon. But to the point that I think you're probably thinking in your head, accuracy in this way is really defined by the skill of the shooter. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, ta- you're what you're talking about is additional pieces of plastic attached to the gun. It does not change the round that the gun fires. It does not change the speed at which the round leaves that barrel. It does not change the rate of fire coming from that gun. It is literally a piece of plastic attached to it. And if That's you aren't it. familiar with the, the weapon you're shooting, it's not going to improve your accuracy anyway. No, no. And to the point on concealability, I mean, that's just laughable. I have one up on screen right now. The idea that you're going to conceal an AR pistol like the boulder shooter used, that's yeah. insanity. You'll need a trench coat like little rascals to do it. It's not going to happen. So the concealability is just a non-factor. In fact, if you wanted to conceal one of these, you'd be better off taking the pistol brace off. Just remove it. That's additional mass. Why would you have it on there if concealability was your aim? Now, how are they going to enforce this? Uh, They're just going to make that up in the same way that they made up everything so far. Here's Jen Psaki, who won't say if there's going to be a buyback or confiscation or what. They'll just they'll make this country safer. That's the thing that she can promise. With regards to the stabilizing braces, according to the Congressional Research Service, there's something like 40 million currently in circulation what should the law-abiding american do as they await that regulation i mean 
should they expect buybacks, or should they be prepared to turn those in, or is this a confiscation situation? I don't think that's what we're suggesting. There's obviously going to be some time to put in place this regulation, as you referred to, and uh, take a close look at the most effective way to do that. And what the effort here uh, is that's underway is to put in place measures that make the country safer and make communities safer. That was a total non-answer. I don't even know what she said. I don't think she knows what the hell she's talking about. This same guy asked her, as we'll get to in a moment, I don't have that clip, but Joe Biden also just lies about the gun show loophole. And he asks her, is it Joe Biden's belief that you can just walk into a gun show and walk out with a gun? No questions asked. And she said, well, no, it's his belief that background checks should be everywhere. He's like, right, right. But like, does he understand background checks and how it works? And she wouldn't answer that question. Uh. Just like ghost guns, too. I, I would be willing to bet Someone could check this if they want. I I would bet that the Boulder shooter is straight up the only murder on the entire year that used a pistol brace. Yeah. I'd be comfortable making that bet. Can you think of any other mass mass shooter that has done that? The, the, the AR platform is commonly used in that style of shooting, but of course what do we what the hell are we talking about? You want to talk about guns responsible for the most deaths? It's Glocks in Chicago. It's yeah. Glocks in Baltimore. Yeah. It's Glocks in St. Louis. We're talking about AR pistols with the wrong kind of plastic attached to the end. This is what, what you're looking at on your screen. This Ruger AR pistol. That is not this is not a Chicago street crime weapon. OK, this is this is a this is a thing for gun enthusiasts who like shorter uh, ARs or shorter, similar platform uh, firearms like that who want to be able to have some sort of stabilization mechanism without being extorted by the government for $200 and being forced to submit fingerprints and all this. This is, I wish we would learn this lesson. It's like, is this very close to a stock? Would the layman think that's a stock on the end of it? Yes, of course. But this is what always happens. The government has said, you can't put a stock on the end of that gun. So the manufacturers go right up to the line to make yeah. it as close as possible, but technically not that you want more government regulation. This is what you get. You get just a silly looking gun that does the exact same goddamn thing. And we're going to pretend that we're all so much safer. Please. The community safer. What was she even talking about? God. And then, as I mentioned, Joe just gets up there on the stage and lies about the gun show loophole, whatever that is. It's not a thing. But yeah, you could just go into a gun show and uh, buy whatever you want. Nobody will ask you a question. Most people don't know. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. <sighs> this is stuff that's said by people who have literally never bought guns. What's the incentive of somebody at a gun show selling you a gun without without requiring a back, background check? There I mean, isn't I, one. And you never would. Even when you sell privately, a lot of people will require you to show them a concealed carry permit or otherwise proof that you aren't a prohibited person. Yeah. Because if they knowingly sell to you as a as a felon or an otherwise prohibited person, they're on the hook for committing right. a crime. For committing a crime, yeah. Federally, not state by state. Why would you do that? Nobody would. People who sell guns... Even casually, privately, they tend to be up on the law. And just to remind you, if you are in the business of selling guns in this country, you require federal licensure. You must conduct a background check at every single transfer. Yep. If you have your Uncle Bob, if I had Uncle Bob down the street who wanted to buy one of my guns locally here in the state of Montana, not across state lines, the state of Montana would not require a background check in that case. But many states would. But that's state's jurisdiction, and it has nothing to do with gun shows. There is yeah. no federal or state law carve out for, for gun shows. It's made up bullshit. 
but I, 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 that stuff's like at the point of the wage gap now where I just don't want to go too far down. How bad is it? Too. This is how bad is even PolitiFact is like, okay, dude, that's bullshit. I mean, come on. PolitiFact called it mostly false. That's how bad it is. When I, I've delayed long enough because I want to talk about um, about the, the this guy who's being nominated for uh, ATF director. It's uh, so bad. Because this is what's most meaningful about Biden's press conference. Um, and as far as these rules on, uh, on bump stocks and, uh, on ghost guns, we just don't know what the justice department's going to say. So we'll have to wait yeah. and see. One thing that is sure is Biden has nominated David Chipman for a Chipman for head of the ATF or the AFT as Joe Biden would call today. Him. I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. <laughs> uh. So who is this guy? He's a 25-year ATF veteran who is directly involved in both Waco and Fast and Furious, and I guess Ruby Ridge, too. We'll get to that in a moment. You know more about this than I do. I could not find like any information on that, but I okay. did see it cited in several articles. Okay. So. so he currently works as a senior policy advisor at Giffords, which is an anti-gun activist organization. So uh, we, we are hiring activists from, from you know, th- these sorts of activist uh, organizations to be government bureaucrats to control your life okay this guy's not interested in what the law is this guy is interested in what the law should be according to his subjective judgment and we should be very worried about what the law should be according to his subjective uh judgment because this is a guy who by his own admission as of two years ago wants to treat ar-15s the most popular rifle platform in the country and i believe other semi-automatic weapons as well he wants to treat those as fully automatic machine guns here he was two years ago describing his views what what i support is treating them just like machine guns Uh, so that's a yes right i mean you have to get a special a very special and hard to get federal license the government does not very few people have machine guns to me if you want to have a weapon of war The same gun that was... Is it the fish mouth that's getting you? He's got bad fish mouth. No, it's his faggy voice. <laughs> is, that, is that it? Okay. Mm. If you want to have a weapon of war, which I got as an ATF special agent. Here we go. A weapon of war. The same gun that was issued me as a member of ATF SWAT team. It makes sense that you would have to pass a background check. The gun would have to be in your name. And there would be a p- picture and fingerprints on file. Like, to me... I don't mind doing that if I want to buy a gun. These policies just protect the criminal. Like, I don't think you should be able to anonymously purchase 20 AR-15s at one time, and the government shouldn't know. The AR is the most popular semi-automatic rifle in the country. Yes. So the people that have ARs would have to get government permission to continue to own it and or give it in? Is yeah, that, the is same that... co- government permission, which is a background check. I mean, I think when you say government permission, we have to be clear what that is. The same permission I guess I have to uh, go through when I buy a, a, a but, gun, which is just prove you're not a criminal. And to get a fully automatic, it's a, you have to pay a big uh, fee, What's and then to go through a federal background well, check to get the FFL. It's $200. It's the same fee that was charged in 1930. I mean, a typical what concealed is he saying? carry I don't even permit understand today what the costs that much. They are going to retroactively make people do the same background check that they that they got yes. the first so, time? So he is heavily obfuscating here. And I understand why it would be very confusing to someone who's not into the nitty gritty on this because it's it's really hard to follow him. So 
it's to the layman. It sounds like, oh, well, he just wants background checks. That's all. Like, what's what's unreasonable about that? Background checks. They already for had a background check. Right. So he's not talking about the background check that you get when you go to the store to buy a gun today. That is That's that is literally what he said, though. He he really confuses two things, because when you go to the store to buy a gun, you're going through the NICS system, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System through the FBI. That takes minutes. OK, it's it's really not that intrusive. What he's talking about is he wants to treat AR-15s as restricted items under federal law, the National Firearms Act. And that background check isn't like, oh, I got to wait five minutes at the store. That background check when I did it two years ago, eight months. It took eight months to complete. And I had to go to the sheriff's office. I had to submit fingerprints. I had to submit a picture of me. I had to submit $200 to the federal government so I could have a rifle with a barrel shorter than the king would otherwise consent to you know like that that's what he's talking about to have a normal ar the most popular rifle in the country he wants everybody to go through this extensive system that takes forever and costs you 200 bucks just to have the privilege and that's what it would be at this point the privilege not the right and if you think the system is slow right now when you have a lot of people opting to put pistol braces on their ars because it's easier than going through this bullshit process imagine when everyone in the freaking country is going through that system they'll be more backed up than the irs and just just the the argument here stop and think about it uh well this is no harsher than your your typical concealed carry permit well one free states don't require you to do that at all see your state of idaho or my state of montana with concealed carry permits if you're a citizen of the state You're entitled to your Second Amendment rights, no questions asked. If you're a criminal, we got problems. But other than that, carry away. Two, even restrictive states don't charge you 200 bucks. I went through the concealed carry program to get a permit in Montana. It wasn't 200 bucks. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to have your rights. He's totally flipping the presumption of innocence here. Prove you're not a criminal to exercise your rights. Right, right. It's a standard we should be wary of in any circumstance because why? It presumes guilt. And to the point that the question that you were asking, don't we already do that? Yes. When you get the federally acquired background check at the store, you are already proving you aren't a criminal. That's what the existing background check system already looks for. What he wants is massive bloated FBI bureaucracy to thoroughly vet all of these things much more than they already are. It's a double check effectively. So, um, and I just want to emphasize too: consider this argument in the context of, um, of other constitutional rights. Sure. You have free speech. It's not banned. You just need a year long background check and you need to pay the government 200 bucks to have an internet license. (laughs) But other than that, you have free speech. So what's the problem? If you want to have the same free speech that David Chipman has as an important government person, you just go through the training, you pay him a bunch of money and you accept what you're given. And sure, maybe you have, uh, you still have due process. You just need a year long background check and you got to pay 200 bucks to have the court hear your defense. That, that, what's wrong with that? The point is that a right that is this heavily burdened is no right at all. And ironically ensures only the, the most powerful have access to it. And speaking of the abuse of the most powerful, I guess this guy has a history of, I, I guess I, I don't know exactly what his involvement in some of the ATF's largest scandals and atrocities were in the past, but that's because they are burying the shit out of any of it. I mean, they still haven't released uh, his role in, in in Fast and Furious. That's totally nebulous. And I, I was only able to corroborate uh, that he had some involvement in Ruby Ridge from like a variety of not super reliable sources. Okay. And I, like co- every combination of search term. But it does seem that he was involved in some way 
in Ruby Ridge, um, he for sure was involved in Waco. Initially, he did this AMA. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, we can't trust this. But he held up a picture of him, of himself. Like, I am uh, David Chipman. Yeah, there's a stupid fish mouth right there. Yeah. Mm um with like the date and everything so this reddit ama was him it was last year um and he made this claim uh everybody knows about waco the branch davidians this was 93 um he made this claim that the branch davidians opened fire and took down a helicopter now this <laughs> did not happen apparently a helicopter uh, had had some active fire and then they they retreated but they, they didn't bring down a helicopter he's this making is, it sound like it's black hawk down in mogadishu or something yeah, like that it, it was not uh, that it, it it's it was not that at all that, that didn't happen and so people were kind of like uh bro like like that didn't happen it was obvious that he was making it sound like the branch davidians were much more competent to kind of justify that um he was involved in the murder of i mean how many children was it 79 people were killed two Here of the women were is. pregnant Standing on the ashes of carnage far worse than any mass shooting ever since, as far as I understand, at least on this country's soil. And he's going to lecture us about being responsible and safe citizens. And to the point on the Waco stuff, he not only alleges that they downed. Okay, so he alleges they downed. Two helicopters, not one. They downed two Two and they used two 50 caliber Barrett's. I don't know exactly what guns the Branch Davidians had. My understanding, it was mostly uh, AR platform and AK platform rifles, but two fifty caliber Barrett's. Maybe they had those. Those are crazy expensive weapons if they had them. They might have. I don't know. I just don't know if that's true or not. But I'd be surprised. Insane. Do you have this picture of him up? Uh, the Waco one? Yeah. Yeah. It's just unreal. It's shocking to me that somebody is going to act like they did something righteous. Still, while we have all of the information, it's incredible. Um, and I couldn't get much information on this. So if anybody knows more about it, please shoot me an email. But he was involved in his capacity as an ATF agent in the Ruby Ridge standoff. And we talk about this all the time. I'm sure our audience is familiar um, with Ruby Ridge. But Randy Weaver uh, got caught in some uh, extortion plot by the FBI. Basically, all he was caught with was a sawed off shotgun. Yeah. And they killed his dog and his wife. They they these situations are analogous. It's like if, if at the time the ATF and the FBI had said, Hey, Hey, Randy, would you like a, would you like a stock to put on that AR rifle of uh, that yeah. AR pistol instead of that pistol brace? And then the second he does, they, they, they murder your family. Uh, that's, yeah. I, I and, know that sounds like hyperbole, it, but this is, is what they've exactly done in the past. what happened. Yeah. yeah. And then they turned it into, he was this big white nationalist that was fraternizing with other white nationalists. Yeah, like yeah. that fucking matters. You murdered his whole family. Who cares? Yeah. But really he was just some dude uh, that just wanted to live alone in the woods because he could feel the government encroaching on his rights. And then the response to that is to murder his entire family. Thanks. Yeah. I think his son survived or his daughter survived. He, he does have surviving children, including the baby who was in the arms of Vicki Weaver when she was shot. When she was I shot, mean, what yeah. Imagine being that kid and learning that that story and and living with that for the rest of your life. Why? Because your dad had your dad had expressed interest in a in a shotgun with a barrel that was too short or some such nonsense. Yeah, really. Yeah, just outrageous. And then um, Chipman also involved in Fast and Furious. So this is after like a decade of his government service. 
And uh, the Fast and Furious scandal, it was Obama's ATF and and Eric Holder. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this too. But essentially, the ATF used Operation Fast and Furious to convince straw purchasers to sell guns to weapons traffickers who then sold the firearms to Mexican drug cartels. And in the AMA, totally lacking self-awareness, Chipman said that victims of drug lords in Mexico are often killed with 50 caliber rifles. (laughs) And he also said America plays a role in fueling the violence South of the border. And he just had no, no self-awareness about it. And the specific details, I know the specific details of how he was involved in these scandals are very seriously being covered up. But I think he played a high level of involvement in Waco, Ruby Ridge, and Fast and Furious. And don't forget, in Fast and Furious, the the firearms that were sent south of the border were used to kill, I I think it was at least one border agent, but I forget what the exact number is. They they were used to kill U.S. law enforcement personnel. Yes, they were. Good job, David. We appreciate it. So this is what you have to look forward to. Again, does this guy have a history of, uh, does he have quite the career in law enforcement? That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, he is an activist, okay? It's not just that he participated in some of the worst atrocities committed by the government on United States soil. It's that he continued in his current capacity. He's in charge of policy advising at an activism group, okay? It's like putting, um, I don't know, do you, do you want to put uh, Greta Thunberg in charge of the power plant? I probably yeah. wouldn't do that. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and you got Joe Biden standing up there, uh, uh, d- just dismissing all of these concerns. So despite this being an outright attack on the Constitution from a million different angles, what he's proposing, Joe Biden says any appeal to the Constitution is just a phony argument because no amendment is absolute. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. Okay. Even if that's true, just because... Even if that's the case, that doesn't mean that these restrictions are justified or constitutional. You can't say no amendments absolute. So therefore, no amendment means anything. It means whatever the hell I want it to mean. That is absolute nonsense. For example, I think that, um, well, I don't know. Uh, we, we, we could start a state that we're, we're going to opt out of the 13th Amendment. That is not absolute. We're going to have light slavery in my state. Or is the 13th <laughs> Amendment absolute? Is the 16th Amendment absolute? Can I just say I'm not into income tax and it's not absolute, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I opt out of this, right? And keep in mind, it is not just an attack on the second. I want to emphasize that for everybody who's not necessarily super interested in guns and Second Amendment rights. It is an attack on many constitutional clauses and provisions. The possible confiscation of property without due process of law. We should all care about that. Executive overreach into the into the domain of the legislature. We should all care about that. Disregarding the 10th Amendment and leaving issues to the states. We should all care about that. These are big time issues beyond guns that Joe Biden, the great unifier in chief, and the guy who once stood on the stage in front of cackling Kamala and said, we can't just do executive action on guns. There's a thing called the Constitution. He had at least a semblance of a spine then. It's gone now. He does whatever the fringe activists tell him to do, including this stuff. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> it's not looking good. What are going to do? It's what looking are we rough. Gonna do? It is looking really rough. I mean, I, we're powerless to do anything about this, but, you know, he's really putting, um, he's putting this czar in power. We're, we're, we're going, they're coming for 2A. They are. 
I don't know what his prospects in the Senate are going to be. I think he can be confirmed with a, a basic majority, so 50 Democrats plus one. I hope that he'll get some pretty stiff uh, resistance for Senate confirmation, but who knows, man? Uh, Kamala might be laughing the whole time while she confirms this guy. We are due for a break. Uh, we're well past time, actually. Um, let me open up the treasure chest over on DLive, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out over there. And we still have a lot of people doing so. So thanks for spending time with us tonight. It is much appreciated. And normally we have Blonde read the Super Chats, but because we don't have access to YouTube and Tippy Stream was giving us all kinds of complications with both of us logged in, I will handle yeah. Super Chat duties tonight. Uh, and thanks for bearing with us. And if you don't like it, don't blame me. Blame Susan. Blame me. Oh. And blame Blonde, I guess. Uh, the live chat on DLive is great, though. Is, is it uh, great? Why? Is it a little spicier or what? It's a little spicier. People can say more stuff. We're at 3,400 on DLive. And I think if somebody could check on Trovo, but last I checked, we were 700 on Trovo. That's pretty so good. Nice. We have officially hit YouTube numbers. That's really, that's pretty much everybody coming over. So we appreciate it. Hockey Fanatic says, hey, Matt and Blonde, keep up the good work and the fight against uh, Susan Wiki Wiki. Have you guys ever watched hockey? I heard Nashville has a good team. I don't get hockey. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I don't know. I like that people... Um beat each other up <laughs> i guess it, it doesn't count as a gay sport does it uh no okay all right well thank you for that yukon don says uh he's still watching and he's still supporting fuck susan well thank you for your support man we I really appreciate it niggardly. and uh i know you've been supporting a lot lately so thank you don uh, you're, you're keeping us running despite the forces that be amish extremist says timestamp jennifer sounded like a nice lady on the call-in show wednesday hope you or have you two done anything with your BAT tokens from the Brave web browser? Um, yeah, I do. Um, so I I have that all set up. And Brave web, Brave's uh, Brave, Brave Brave's uh, basic attention token, their crypto system that they use. Yeah, that that does work for me, and I use it. They also um, compensate for ads and things like that. So I've had really good luck with Brave browser. I would recommend it to to anybody. I think it's a good system. Uh, boogeyman 917 says testing testing one two three we can hear you thank you sir <laughs> phil says uh think of this as encouragement or challenge for fans to show who haven't uh started working out yet or have slacked off in recent times you will feel better begin to look better and we can't expect blonde to load the catapults all by herself i literally can't look at my arms <laughs> she's she needs your help i can say personally i'm not i'm not like the greatest workout warrior or anything but if i go several days without doing any kind of activity oh, i start I feel to feel like insane Man. yeah so just even even a walk around the neighborhood even um actually this is funny i was tempted to take a picture yesterday because i didn't have a lot of time in but i was having this feeling so i took a, i took an actual quick jog around the neighborhood actually jogging <laughs> and there was new yeah. construction going up in the in the neighborhood and i thought this is my chance should I jog right in there and take a picture and scope out the scene? And then I thought, well, I don't want to get modded, So I just, <laughs> I just passed. I didn't do it. It's foolish. Yeah. I, I could have, uh, could have tested the system. Okay. Just your standard RWDS says I was thinking of date or I'm thinking of dating. How many dates should I wait for, wait for before I tell my date she'll have a high risk of being sniped by an Asian or her house just spontaneously bursting into flames? Or should I not tell my date and just be a surprise at 4 a.m.? Uh, first date. That's first, first date stuff. I gather that's a reflection of your politics and your values because uh, you're going to be a prime 
target for one David Chipman. So seriously speaking, obviously I wouldn't phrase it that way, but if you're really interested, if you're really into uh, those principles that you're talking about, yeah, you should make sure that you share those values or that she's at least open to it. Women like danger. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's true. I think, I think women really respond to a feeling that a guy can protect her. That's just, uh, that's just kind of natural instinct. So I, I could understand why that would be the result. Samurai pastor Mike says, first time donor, you have been my regular Sunday night or you have become my regular Sunday night unwind after time in the pulpit. Since the Rona, my church was just started or has just started meeting in my house and sharing a meal. The church has a divine mandate to gather together. Andy Cuomo can suck it. I saw California got struck down for the same thing. The the Supreme court struck down California's restrictions on in-home religious gatherings. So that's good. Uh, Thank you. And and all the best to your, um, are they, are they going to do it for the whole state? Or for the, 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 the what's going to be the next thing? Are people going to be able to congregate normally in public? Or Oof, don't is... get too ahead of yourself. So in home religious gatherings of any number are fine. As far as I understand, I haven't read the decision from the court, but as far as I understand, they struck down California restricting in home religious gatherings. I have no idea what the implications might be for other First Amendment. What does that even mean? Who has a house church? Lots of people because they can't have real church for the same reason. Open church he's describing anyway thank you and all the best to your congregation okay last one on tippy stream for now and i will come back swedish snow ape says hey matt and blonde love your show matt uh can i get your thoughts on 300 blackout pistol barrel length i've been thinking a lot about a nine inch uh black one is that an appropriate size for satisfactory performance i'm not an expert on this i do have a 10 and a half inch 300 blackout barrel but I've I have hardly put any use to it, and I'll, I bought it thinking I was going to suppress it, and then I still haven't. Um, I don't listen to me because I'm not an expert on these ballistics. But what I would suggest is um, uh, Google Mister uh, Guns and Gear 300 blackout barrel length. He did a whole mathematical breakdown on the ballistics performance. Everybody loves this guy. That will tell you what you need to know. Um, so I would suggest that Mister Guns and Gear 300 blackout barrel length do that one and thank you for uh for your support for the show we really appreciate that we love you you're very special let me check out what the hell's going on oh my gosh a d live bear with me guys on i can't even see them all on d live i can't even scroll back far enough uh, d live and trovo's system for showing me your chats is very sketchy guys so i'm gonna do the best that i can and where are the chats even on delay? I will probably miss some because they're not showing them to all of me. So please understand if I miss yours, that is not intentional. I just can't necessarily see them all, but I, we appreciate your patience guys. Um, Normie Jack casting a spell T egg casting a spell. This is Trovo, by the way, um, oh. all kinds of people gifting subs. We appreciate it. Uh, Gavrilo princeps scoundrel Piled, um, RN Worthington. Thank you guys. C2K says massive shout out for all the new users and those subbing and gifting subs to others, sharing the love on Trovo reminder. Fuck commie tube. Second reminder. Matt is more gay now, <laughs> more gay now than ever before he got married. Well, I'm more gay after I got married or before. I don't That's hmm. it. point taken either way. It's fine. Darth Jones says shall not be infringed here, here. Okay. Um, John Golbani over on, Actually, God, I got to highlight where I leave off so I don't lose this. John Golbani over on DLive says, love the show. Followed you. I'll follow you wherever you go. We appreciate that, man. Thank you. Where 
are you seeing this? I can do DLive. I just don't know. I have, uh, there's an activity feed. It's complicated. Oh. I have some of it. it. It's not straightforward, unfortunately. Uh, Tori, Tori D says, fuck. Uh, uh, can I say that? I guess, oh, whatever. She says, fuck YouTube. I think I'm free to say that. <laughs> On this stream, <laughs> the strike on your channel was only due to a difference of opinion. Wiki Wiki's a troon. What's a troon? I don't know. I have no idea. Giggling spy donating a diamond. Thank you, uh, buddy. Gifting subscriptions. Dangerous spaces. Uh, receiving subscriptions. Appreciate you guys. Mm. And I think let's see. Look a couple more chats. Um, mostly peaceful gun guy says. Little known fact: Hunter Biden titled his memoir "Beautiful Things" after his niece's feet. Is that oh. true? Was he into her I feet? I don't know. I didn't go down that uh, rabbit hole because there's some information that I just don't want. You know? <laughs> He's definitely into his uh, brother's widow. She has nice feet. The epic name says, got to make it worth your while to keep this shit up. Fuck Susan in her double asshole. Yeah, oh, she's God. a. I don't even know what that means, but she's a bitch. <laughs> what is that? Can you explain that to me? What's a double asshole? Uh, Sono says got D live for this show. It's pretty clear. Oh, damn it. Jesus, dude. It just refreshed and disappeared on me. Okay. This is why the system is so confusing. I'm sorry, guys. Like, okay, here we, I think I found it. Got D live just for this show. It's pretty uh, good. Other than the super chat system. BS. They suspended you and, and LWC. Yeah. I know Crowder. Um, I know Crowder has been treated pretty roughly recently too. Uh, so hopefully we'll all get through this, but the, the clock is ticking on YouTube. No doubt. Sopping B says subscribe to the website after four plus years of watching. Thanks for all the content you both have given. Thank you for keeping us in the business. We appreciate it. I can't see there's a image linked, but I can't see it. Buddy says become ungovernable. Isn't that an Antifa slogan? Even if it is, I like it. Fine. Uh, we got Bry guy TX donating diamonds. That's very much appreciated. Bry guy says, uh, love you guys. Sincerely. Uh, Urak humped. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it was a generous amount of support. Thank you. And I think we're all set. Okay. Gosh, man, this show is already getting away from me because we have so much more to talk about. So I got to get back into, uh, into the news and I want to talk, um, where are my show notes before I lose track of everything? This is the difficulty with not having YouTube as kind of the more central point for organization. I have so many things on my screen I have no idea what the hell I'm even looking at half the time here. So it's Chauvin o'clock. It's Chauvin o'clock. The Derek Chauvin trial, of course, continued this week as the prosecution continued calling its witnesses. And at times it got very tough for the prosecution's case. Uh, not all the time, of course, but a lot. And um, it, I don't want people to think that it's, it's as though the prosecution had nothing this week, but I want to focus a little more on some of the defense's questioning and I want to focus a little bit more on some of the areas that raise reasonable doubt. Cause you turn on mainstream media and all it is, is like slam dunk case. He's a murderer. Who cares? Get this over with. Well, yeah, but the standard is reasonable doubt. Can we establish yeah. some reasonable doubt that Chauvin either intentionally committed felony assault against uh, George Floyd, which would be necessary to show felony murder, the second degree murder charge, or can we show that he was negligent in his treatment of Floyd that, contributed to his death, which would be the manslaughter charge. The third degree right. murder charge is so silly. I don't even talk about it, but that's what we're talking. I just want to focus on are areas of potential reasonable doubt. And I, and then there were kind of three that emerged this week. Um, there are questions of George Floyd's health, which I had not heard much about like his heart condition. 
we'll get to in a minute. Pretty bad. Yeah. Questions of George Floyd's behavior, some of which we already knew, drug habits, that sort of thing, and questions about the legitimacy of the use of force against George Floyd, which we had a lot of testimony to this week. So to the questions of George Floyd's health, um, one of the topics explored this week was just how severe George Floyd's heart condition actually was. Apparently, one of his arteries had a 90% blockage. Ooh. And you can survive, as this expert testified, you can actually survive with a 100% blockage depending on the artery and depending on certain circumstances. So it's not as though that means you automatically die. But that's still indicative of a very serious uh, heart condition. Yeah. So that's something to think about. And the condition was severe enough that one of the medical experts said that if she had no other information beyond just this heart condition information, that would be a cause of death. She would conclude that he died of his, uh, of his heart disease. Here's what she said. Let's assume you found Mr. Floyd dead in his residence, no police involvement, no drugs, right? The only thing you found would be these facts about his heart. What would you conclude to be the cause of death? In that very narrow set of circumstances, uh, I would probably conclude that the cause of death was his heart disease. Okay. Uh, that was Dr. Lindsay Thomas, a retired forensic pathologist who formerly worked in the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office, though uh, she did not work on this case. And, of course, remember, in addition to this, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner had said previously that if George Floyd was found at his home in the condition that he was in, he would have concluded the death was a drug overdose. Yeah. So you have not just one, but multiple highly plausible alternative, if not causes, contributing factors to the death. And maybe you say, yeah, well, that's not the fact pattern, though. He wasn't found in his home. You're right. He wasn't. But he was found with no physical trauma in much yeah. the same way you might be found in your home. It, it, it's pretty hard to choke someone without physical trauma and have that be the cause of the, the asphyxiation. So I don't understand that uh, his trachea wasn't collapsed. No, no, there's and no physical trauma. That's just remarkable to me. But if true, then, you know, it is true. I mean, it can't possibly be his cause of death then. How did they even say it was a contributing factor? They, there's arguments about blood pressure that you put weight on him and that causes an increase in blood pressure, which can cause the all sorts of issues, including the hypoxia that another medical witness, Dr. Bradford Langenfeld spoke to. He was the one who was on duty at Hennepin County Medical Center uh, that night that George Floyd die, uh, died. And he says in, uh, in his opinion, George Floyd died of hypoxia, which is a lack of oxygen to the brain. But when questioned, Dr. Langenfeld acknowledged that fentanyl can cause hypoxia. Meth can cause hypoxia. Certainly the combination of the two can cause hypoxia. Hypoxia <laughs> is the lack of oxygen to the brain, correct? Correct. And um, there are many things that cause hypoxia that would still be considered asphyxiation. Agreed? Correct. Drug use. Certain drugs can cause hypoxia. Agreed? Yes. Specifically fentanyl. That's correct. How about methamphetamine? It can. Combination of the two? Yes. So, does that mean that's for sure what did it? No, but again, the point is reasonable doubt about whether Chauvin was the cause yes. or a contributing factor. 
there were a dozen physicians or other medical uh, personnel who testified this week. And of course, they had varying opinions. Obviously, I'm not saying that that they're saying that drugs were the sole factor or that heart disease or this heart condition was the sole factor. Um, I'm just saying that to the extent that their opinions differed uh, and to the extent that there were clearly other factors in play, doubt that Chauvin murdered Floyd becomes more and more reasonable. That's what's going to decide this case. There were also questions of Floyd's behavior and how may uh, how that may have been contributed. We're not breaking news by saying uh, George Floyd enjoyed him some drugs, but there are some additional details about uh, how he enjoyed these drugs and some things he had to say about them. Recall last week we heard from Floyd's girlfriend, uh, Courtney Ross, who had testified that the person in George Floyd's car with him was his drug dealer, Maurice Hall. Ugh. Well, this week, uh, because he was invoked by the defense, Hall was invited to testify by the prosecution and he pleaded the fifth instead of taking the witness stand. The prosecution asked Hall if he'd be willing to testify and his lawyer responded, quote, I cannot envision any topics that Mr. Hall would be called to testify on that would be relevant to the case and would not incriminate him. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't blame a man for exercising his Fifth Amendment rights. But draw your own conclusions there. My conclusion is uh, he believes that if he testifies, he will almost certainly open himself up to the same sort of homicide charges that Derek Chauvin is facing right now. I wouldn't want to face those either, but that implies to me that there's a credible case that he has a, a degree of responsibility for what happened or at least association. Did you see? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure that's what his attorney is telling him. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think there's any wisdom there. I'm not mad at him for not testifying. I just think there are important things that you can gather out of what they're saying, which is like, I can't tell you anything without incriminating myself. They are saying that. Yeah. 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 You don't even have to infer that. They're saying it outright. Did you hear this clip of George Floyd allegedly saying, I ate too many drugs? Yeah. Do you think that's what he said? Yeah. Okay. I worried that my hearing was kind of polluted because that's how it was introduced to me. And it's sort of unclear. That's also possible. It's sort of unclear. I wonder if I had heard it without and just asked, what did you hear him say? If that's what I would have concluded. I went into it thinking that's what it was. close my eyes and then. So the the defense asks. um, I forget. They're asking one of these use of force experts, but they're going through uh, body cam footage of George Floyd during this whole encounter. And the defense is asking the witness. Did he say, I ate too many drugs? Does it sound like he says, I ate too many drugs? Listen again. Uh-huh. You hear yeah. it? You think that's what it was? This guy says he can't tell. I can't make that out, no. Okay. Having heard Okay, now this this is where it gets silly. I understand saying, I, I really don't know what he said there. The prosecution wants you to believe that he said, I ain't do no drugs. In context, situation, you're able to tell uh, what Mr. Floyd is saying there. Yes, I believe Mr. Floyd was saying, I ain't do no drugs. <laughs> okay, come on. I, I understand uh, Ebonics are a thing. That's weird even for Ebonics. I ain't do no drugs. Oh, what a tremendous waste of time this is. The Just only way you could it. say I ain't do no drugs is if you are on drugs. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Okay. The prosecution God, for for this guy, this is the reason the world is burning. 
Uh, well, and just before we went live, there was apparently another officer involved shooting outside of Minneapolis that they were rioting about or at least starting to get a little really? unruly about just before live tonight. So I don't even know what's going on. Wild card thrown into this. Anyway, uh, okay, so there were also a lot of these use of force questions. A lot of uh, witnesses called to the stand to discuss use of force issues. So we have questions about George Floyd's health conditions. We have questions about George Floyd's behavior. We also have questions about the nature of the justification of the force used against George Floyd. So the Minneapolis police chief himself said that he thought that uh, Chauvin used excessive force. So the police chief, Minneapolis police chief did testify against him. But again, there were a lot of key pieces of information that emerged to suggest that maybe Chauvin's uh, use of force wasn't unjustified or at least as unjustified as many seem to think it was. So maybe there's unreasonable doubt there, too. First of all, uh, the, the prosecution called the witness Jody Steiger. He's an LAPD sergeant and a use of force expert. He testified that given Floyd's level of resistance, Chauvin would have been justified in using a taser is arguably a higher form of force than was used hmm. a, a higher form of force than the kneeling and through this the defense was able to make the argument that chauvin was trying to use lower forms of force not higher that he would have been justified in actually using more aggressive force like a taser and then for for a long time we've been wondering well, uh, what sort of force was on floyd's neck through Chauvin's knee, if if Floyd's neck, in fact, no, showed no signs of physical trauma, was he just hovering above the neck? Was he doing this very gently? What the hell happened here? Well, it turns out that it either was very that very gentle kneeling or the kneeling wasn't actually on the neck. So through body cam, on his footage, collarbone, kind of the shoulder blade. And this isn't this isn't all of the the footage, but through some of the body cam footage, the defense was able to get the Minneapolis police chief to agree. That for at least part of this event, Chauvin's knee was actually on Floyd's shoulder. Hmm. Would you agree that from the perspective of Officer King's body camera, it appears that Officer Chauvin's knee was more on Mr. Floyd's shoulder blade? Um, yes. Do you want another view of that? I know it's hard to see. Yeah, it's, Let me get the frame. It's hard to see exactly. Uh, the point is that the Minneapolis uh, police chief agreed with the uh, agreed with the premise that was presented that the that the left knee of Derek Chauvin. I don't know that I have a great frame for you here, unfortunately, but you can I will link this and you can go check it out if you want. It's really hard to see. And, and back to the taser thing. Weren't we talking about a case a few months ago where um somebody that had would taste somebody else was convicted of assault with a deadly weapon or well, something of that nature. There was, uh, I know the Rayshard Brooks case had a lot to do with Is tasers because he's of? the one who stole the taser off the cop and then In shot the, the taser. Parking lot? Yes. And then they burned the Wendy's. Yeah. So it was a bizarre situation where depending on who's shooting the taser, people will argue both it, it's a deadly weapon and it's not Right. But I can't think of um, I don't know the specifics of what you're talking about. I do know that the Rayshard Brooks case, the taser is a key piece of uh, the story. I don't know how a taser is going to stop a giant man on drugs. No. And that's that's another point that we have to get to is was the scene uh, actually secure? I'll get the, I'll get to that in a moment. The other thing I want to say about the kneeling on the neck is um, so that 
just to give context to what that clip was, that was two pieces of simultaneous footage right before they picked Floyd up and loaded him into the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And you might say, okay, well that's one point in time. The scene went on for nine minutes. Maybe he had his knee off his neck for a brief period at the end. Well, another witness, this is uh, Lieutenant Johnny Mercer, who was actually in charge of Minneapolis PD use of force training at the time. He agreed that numerous photos throughout the encounter show Chauvin's knee not on Floyd's neck, but on his shoulder blade. This is ongoing. It's not a one moment in time. Now, to the next question, was the scene actually secure? Because you have two factors here. You have um, methed up, high out of his mind, George Floyd, who's a giant dude. Yeah. And then you also have the X factor of the crowd heckling from street side. And as we heard last week, Saying uh, you got uh, Donald Williams and others saying you're a punk ass bitch. I'll whip your ass. That kind of stuff. He wasn't angry, though. He was professional and professional. Never forget. (laughs) He's very polite in his threats. But okay, so those are both factors in determining what level of force is appropriate. So. Mercil actually says. um, uh, For these reasons. He has actually kept suspects restrained until emergency or health services, uh, medical services arrive. So Mercil, the prosecution's witness, the guy who trains for use of force stuff at the Minneapolis PD is saying, yeah, I've definitely restrained even compliant suspects until medical personnel arrives. Yeah. Describing a somewhat similar situation. Jody Steiger um, testified. This is the LAPD guy testified that he uh, himself has seen subdued or detained suspects start fighting back even after they were originally uh, compliant. Oh, where's the, uh, uh, yeah, here's the quote in the story. Uh, Nelson asked Steiger if suspects sometimes quote, catch their wind again and resume fighting after being compliant. Steiger said yes, in certain instances. So just cause you have the scene looking somewhat safe or you think you have Floyd subdued, he's a giant dude on meth. Things can go crazy at any point in time. Yeah. It's not just my he opinion. He's already that, behaving erratically, too. Yeah. You also, uh, Steiger also testified that he personally has seen uh, suspects fake physical ailments in an attempt to uh, reduce force used against them or even avoid arrest. Oh, I can't yeah. breathe. Oh, I'm having a heart attack. These are things that are uttered by people who are having nothing of the sort just because they're looking for easy treatment. Mm-hmm. what's a police officer to believe here's another question to consider if the scene was so secure that Derek Chauvin didn't have to use this force on George Floyd uh, why didn't the emergency services treat Floyd at the scene they just swooped in with the ambulance they scooped his body up they shoved it in the car yeah. and the, the ambulance and they got the hell out of there yeah. why did they do that well paramedics testified one because we have supplies that we need in the ambulance but two because of the bystanders at the scene and one of the paramedics noted they were yelling so just creating a threatening they they were gonna kill us yeah a sketchy environment (laughs) if you got to keep it secure maybe i i I understand you got okay so you got methed out dude that you have to control when he he's almost a hundred pounds heavier than you and then you have people yelling at you on the sidewalk that they're gonna kick your ass yeah, I would probably err on the side of maybe being a little bit more forceful, too. And again, you could argue that Chauvin used a, a lesser amount of force. He the use of force expert from the LAPD said fully would have been fully justified with a taser. He opted not to. How the hell was he trying to inf- 
commit felony assault if he's not even using the justified forms of force that he could deploy? Or how is he being negligent if, in fact, he's choosing lower forms of force from what he could choose? This is going to be so bad. God, at the end of this trial, I... (laughs) All of this, it's not, it's not to say, um, that show I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a slam dunk case for the defense either. I'm just saying you want reasonable doubt. There's your reasonable doubt. There are a lot of angles on this. Right. How bad did it get for the defense too? This is something that's amazing. I don't think people realize that it is incumbent on the prosecution. Yes. they, 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 if reasonable doubt is introduced, which it clearly has been, uh, you, you cannot convict. We'll see if justice is still a thing in this country. This is the trial, isn't it? Yeah. It got so bad for the prosecution. They called uh, Minneapolis PD officer Nicole McKenzie, who's the department's medical support coordinator. The prosecution objected on the defense's uh, cross-examination of her. And so the defense is now calling her as a witness for themselves. I said, fine, we'll just call her as our own witness next week. That's how bad it was going for the prosecution at certain points. So where, where do we stand and what's next? Well, the defense, this is what's amazing is you have all these angles of, of reasonable doubt. The defense has not even started building its case yet. This is the prosecution's case and the defense just poking what holes they can in it in their cross. Now the defense gets their turn to build their case, which we will see uh, starting this week, I I believe. Um, And we still don't know if Derek Chauvin himself will take the stand though. That remains a possibility. That's going to be must see TV. Probably shouldn't. Well, um, I could see the argument that I could, I could make you an argument either way. Um, if you wanted Chauvin to be a, a humanized, relatable man and explain his own side of the story, I could see that. But the, the, the problem is if the defense puts him up on the stand, they open him up to the same sort of questioning from the prosecution that the defense just got to do to all their witnesses. Yeah. And, Really, all it takes is just that one kind of moment, that one kind of gotcha where the prosecutors get him uh, or maybe he flubs even even uh, questioning from his own attorneys, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, the, the closing arguments could come as soon as the week after next. So the week ending April 23rd and then the jury will deliberate and the jury gets as long as they need to do that. The only wild card variable that I would say. Uh, are things that shouldn't be variables at all. And that's the politics and the threats. Yeah. Cause to me, I think, I think both of us, if we were sitting on that jury, given the facts that were presented, the only one that's even debatable to me is the manslaughter charge. And I think that's off the table. If I'm, if I'm voting, the murder charges are preposterous as far as I'm concerned. No, I mean, I would free him. Wouldn't you? Uh, based on what I've seen so far, if I had to vote now, I would vote to acquit. Because I don't think that you can prove to me beyond reasonable doubt that that he was even negligent in creating a contributing factor to George Floyd's death. I think George Floyd is the sole cause of George Floyd's George death. Floyd's That's my opinion. But um, but here's the here's the X factor. Let's say you and I are sitting on that jury. Even if you believe based on the facts and based on the letter of the law that Derek Chauvin is an innocent man, would you vote to acquit knowing that a mob wants to kill you for doing that? That is the question, isn't it? I mean, would I vote to acquit? Yeah. But I would get some private security and I'd leave the country and I'd dye my hair brown. I'd buy another rifle. That's for sure. And that's this is the thing that bums me out. Like politics and threats are never supposed to be variables in a trial in the purest sense. 
I can't envision them not being a factor in the outcome of this political oh, of forces and the fear of violence in response to it. Man. So this is going to be a disaster. We shall see. Let's see. I have, I have three more stories. I got some Rona stuff, got some capital riot stuff and then hoax hate. Why don't we just finish up these stories and then we'll catch up with chat. Does it sound like a plan? Cool. Well, um, despite the, uh, the fear porn, about variants and, uh, you know, coronavirus fatigue and complacency and everything you see on the news all the time. Coronavirus numbers continue to plummet. Um, yes, cases have plateaued since like mid-February at a low level. But look at deaths. Deaths continue on their consistent downward trajectory as they have since late January. And as we've talked about previously, the places where cases are increasing are predominantly lockdown areas. So the list of the top states today for new cases include New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, California. These are all places that lock you up and they throw away the key and they insist that you remain masked. Use force expert and LAPD oh, Sergeant up. Jody Steiger Auto, was on Autoplay got me. Sorry. Not you shut up, but my computer's making like, noises. I haven't said anything like this whole show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my computer's making noises at me. Okay, so the free states, of course, are having no such problems. They are ranked. Uh, 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 Texas, for example, is ranked 11th for new cases. Texas is the second largest state population wise in the country. They haven't done masks or lockdowns since March 2nd. It's not a problem. So Dr. Fauci was asked about uh, all of this and he still won't acknowledge the obvious reality, which is masks and lockdowns don't do a damn thing. Instead, he's very confused about this perplexing situation, but you can bet that Texas's day is coming soon. Just you wait. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? It can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. When you say that they've They've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one compare that. When you pull back on methods, particularly things like indoor dining and bars that are crowded, you can see a delay and then all of a sudden tick right back up. We've been fooled before by situations where people begin to open up. Nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, several weeks later, things start exploding on you. So we got to be careful. Okay. The irony of this son of a bitch warning us that we've been fooled before. Nobody's fooled us more before than that. Except jacket. for you. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Oh, and it's just this not. Oh, maybe they're doing stuff outdoors. That's why. No, they're not. They're doing anything that they want. They're doing whatever the hell they want. And it's not just having no effect. They're in better shape. Than the rest of the states. We got to wait a few weeks. We did. They haven't done any of this shit since March 2nd. How many weeks does it take? Ugh. As many weeks as it takes to, to prove my point. That's that's what he's saying. Because we're admitting and they're cooking the books. Well, I, who the hell believes this guy is still following the science when he looks at data that doesn't support his position? He goes, yeah, just just wait, though, because the real data 
the real data. They're coming in. Uh, oh, a people few weeks totally time. believe them. When I was in Colorado, I saw somebody with a sign in their yard that says, "In Fauci, we trust." Yeah, that's the problem. He's he's a he's an idol. He's a false idol now. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, I saw an article on Twitter today that someone posted and the someone, the person had posted, he's replaced Jesus now because it was an insider article that said, what would Fauci do? Oh yeah. Like the try guys. Ooh, I yeah. going to come. I'm so nervous. This, this sort of bullshit. This is again, as I continue down my pathway to a potential, uh, religious destination or religious journey, it's going to be this shit. I know that's not satisfying to a lot of people, but uh, for me, it's going to be like, all right, listen, if if, if it has to, if, if I got to go with Jesus Christ instead of this, sign me up for Jesus Christ. I'm I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Because <laughs> I'm not doing Dr. Fauci. He's wrong about everything. And then on Thursday, the Today Show uh, put out this piece. Oh, I don't have the, uh, let, where, let, let me grab the, um, their stupid diet. Uh, tweet because the way they phrased it was was really funny uh some states with stricter rules are now seeing surges in covid19 cases while many others that rush to reopen are experiencing sizable drops the numbers have experts scratching their heads oh my god here's here's today's shows uh the today shows report Call it a COVID conundrum in states with the strictest measures in the country, like Michigan, Pennsylvania, and much of New England, cases are on the rise. While in the South, states like Arkansas and Texas that have reopened businesses and ripped away mask mandates are seeing their numbers drop. So what might explain the apparent contradiction? One theory, differences in testing rates. When you don't test, you're blind. And when you're not testing, you're, you have a false sense of what the real problem is in your community. Another theory, COVID fatigue. In Michigan, where people are just coming out of lockdown for the first time in months, cases are up more than 100% as demographics shift. A lot of individuals in the southern part of the U.S., and especially here in Texas, have already been exposed to the coronavirus. So many individuals already have coronavirus antibodies. Risky behavior we've seen in places like Miami Beach, Florida, where numbers have only increased slightly. And theory number three, that young people are acting as carriers. <laughs> as doctors say, they're returning to other states, taking the virus with them. Bottom line, health experts say the fall figures in the south might be giving a false sense of security no oh it, god it's a it's perfectly legitimate sense of security from your bullshit i mean the mental gymnastics here uh, uh this is not real there's confusion ended this is all a farce <laughs> i'm just baffled by these results okay no testing on well, theory one they're not testing in texas and arkansas those are the states they name dropped i mean it could be except for the fact that there are other indicators like deaths and they're not dying <laughs> in texas or arkansas texas ranks 23rd in deaths per capita arkansas ranks 16th they're both middle of the pack behind lockdown states because these variables what other don't indication, matter. I'm so sick of talking about this. What other indication could possibly matter except for deaths? This case-demic thing. I'm, I'm not yeah. doing this anymore. It's so preposterous. Remember when, when they were telling us like, yeah, but coronavirus, it damages the brain. So if you've had it, and this whole thing is such it's horseshit. It's a forever you can't disease. See it by it's a forever disease. Yeah. yeah. Why does anybody care about this anymore? Uh, obviously, if coronavirus exists, the people that opened up earlier have already been exposed. But that, that's what really pissed sad. me off about that. Oh, it's COVID fatigue. The people in Michigan are just now coming out, so they're getting it. Okay, but what are you admitting? You're admitting that the people in the South have immunity now. Yeah. So that, 
I thought herd immunity was uh, was reckless and nonsense. And maybe you'd say that, oh, yeah, that that's bad that they've all had it already. Only if they died, which they didn't, their death rates are lower. Like, what the hell are we even talking about? And then just this nonsense. Oh, uh, young people are acting as carriers. Did the entire state of New York, the entire state of Michigan, go to spring break in Florida, get coronavirus and head back? Because case numbers are higher in those states. They all went to Florida. That's how this happened. You've got to be kidding me. Who is still buying this? I don't know. I don't know. How are we still talking about this 14 months later? (laughs) 14 days to slow the spread became 14 months. Yeah. COVID fatigue. Yeah, I I believe that. I'm fucking fatigued. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, speaking of commitment to the narrative, uh, Facebook soft fact, uh, they they fact check, fact checked and soft censored a woman's vaccine post and she died shortly she thereafter. Yeah. Okay. To be clear, disclaimer, I'm not saying the vaccine will kill you. I'm not telling you not to get the vaccine, but we'll leave it to blonde. Blonde will call you retarded. You are retarded. <laughs> Don't get the vaccine. You know, who's responsible for this bitch's death. This bitch responsible. <laughs> make you make your own judgment. You do what you want. I have no dispute with you. As long as you're not telling me what to do. We're trying to alter my life for my choices. Anyway, um, we now live in an age where people can't even share their own experiences freely. So Desiree Penrod was a 25 year old teacher in Connecticut who took the Johnson and Johnson vaccine in early March. She posted quote, the vaccine is killing me uh, today. My arm hurts beyond exhausted headaches, stomach cramps and earaches. Multiple people told me that I looked pale today. Yesterday I was fine, but today it's taking its toll on me. Now, Facebook fact checked that post with their canned garbage. The COVID-19 vaccine must pass several safety and efficacy tests. It's very safe. According to the WHO, (laughs) Desiree Penrod was confirmed dead on March 17th. I don't know her health condition. I don't know her health history. I don't know if she got hit by a car. I don't know if she fell off a ladder. My point is if we can spend an entire year attributing every possible death to coronavirus, even if they get hit by cars and fall off ladders, can we spend five seconds evaluating why this girl died and do so without Facebook telling us that we're wrong? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, why would a 25 year old get the vaccine? This is on her. Well, she is a teacher. I don't know. Maybe it was a requirement of her district or I, I don't know. Who knows? So what? Quit your job. This is on you, bitch. And we, I, I honestly don't like, she honestly could have fallen off a cliff for all I know. I don't know the details of her death. I do know that she was complaining about the vaccine. Facebook censored her or soft censored her. And then she's gone. And if it feels like they're just mocking you, that's because they are. And I I've known that for a long time, but it's confirmed this week. The CDC is actually using the NPC phase. They're telling you to get the vaccine and they're saying, well, you may have some side effects, which are just normal signs of your body building protection with the actual fucking NPC face with a mask on. They're just mocking us. They're they're just laughing at us. Sometimes it's funny. Other times it's not. This is one of the most tragic things I've seen this entire year. And I think of all the horrible, hideous things I've seen, like nursing home patients outside protesting because they want to just be able to see their families rather than live in isolation before they potentially die. Uh, I think of... Um, that funeral home director breaking up the family hug at a funeral because that's too dangerous. Oh, that was terrible. I forgot about that. Add this one to the list in isolation wards where patients die alone, craving the touch of their loved ones. Nurses fill gloves with warm water to simulate that comfort. 
They call it the hand of God. Now, again, I'm not a religious scholar. That shit is not godly. All right. That is anti-human garbage. Alex Jones was right. I don't know what this is, but this is some transhumanist bullshit. Whatever we're looking at right now. Oh, God, that is grim. I guess I don't even know what to say. Like it's. Uh, this would have been so preposterous a year ago, but here we are 14 months later, like you were saying. And then uh, as though the debate over possible vaccine passports couldn't get worse. Check out how this was. Uh, this was just casually reported. I think Friday night, there was this volcano eruption at a Caribbean Island on Friday, and they're evacuating residents through cruise ships. But only those who have been vaccinated will be evacuated. Just listen to this casual report. On the Caribbean island of St. Vincent. After the first volcanic eruption there in more than 40 years, the volcano sent a thick cloud of smoke 20,000 feet into the sky, spewing ash for miles. Cruise ships are evacuating people from the island, but only those vaccinated against COVID. <laughs> okay. They're just going to let a bunch of people die? I don't know if they get a ship later for all these uh, dissidents or what. I, I, I don't know. But... Uh, 911, what's your emergency? Uh, okay. Have you been vaccinated? I'm sorry. We can't send a responding officer because you have, that is what's coming. I mean, we're too afraid of the disease with a 99.9% survival rate. Sorry. Your house is burning down, but, uh, you know, the, the fire department can't take that risk. Jeez. Holy shit. I'm, I'm not taking it. I'm not doing it. Nope. I, I guess I will stay on the volcano Island. <laughs> the volcano island is the hill to die on i'll do it Jeez, we're just going to be otherized in it's unbelievable we're not, we're not going to be able to function normally in society and well we are definitely tight on time so we'll have to move through these quickly but i did want to do a capital riot update because uh surprise surprise if, if you don't believe that we've been uh defrauded on coronavirus enough the capital riot continues to be exposed as one of the greatest narrative frauds of our generation. Holy cow. And nobody gives a shit anymore. Yeah. Officials released the cause of death of three people who died during the Capitol riots. Uh, remember what we heard about all these people, that it, that it was all connected to um, to Donald Trump and to the Capitol riots. It yes. was all the fault of Donald Trump. Okay. So two people confirmed now they died of heart problems, natural causes. And then the, remember the one everybody was like, oh, that bitch was trampled to death. She died of acute amphetamine intoxication. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, both of the people that died of cardiovascular issues, it was hypertensive atherosclerotic. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but uh -huh. uh, they were ruled to be natural. And in the same article, I could not believe this. I think I even sent it to you before they talk about how um, these were totally unrelated. This is the blurb, the legit blurb in the same article from everything that I just read to you from CNBC quote, Direct quote. The cause of death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick remained under investigation Wednesday, even as an official released the causes of death of four other people who died as a direct result what? of the January 6th Capitol riot by supporters of former <laughs> President Donald Trump. And then they go into this whole thing about how uh, two of them were from natural causes. One of them was from a drug overdose. And then Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt's the one who died of a direct result. Now, she... You know, she chose to jump through the window and but uh, suddenly the 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 police brutality people don't care about that shooting very much. How can they possibly say 
four people who died as a direct result of the January 6th Capitol riot and then talk about how two of them had heart attacks and one of them had a drug overdose. Yeah. How on earth is that in any way related? And and how is it also possible that they have determinations on these people, but not Brian Sicknick? Why? Why the hell don't we know what happened to this guy? And why are we not hearing anything about Ashley Babbitt? Uh, Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. And I, as far as I am aware, they haven't even released the identity of the, the officer who shot her. Nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody cares. Yeah, there's also going to be no sedition charges. Everybody was jerking off on CNN like, oh, we're totally going to get him for sedition, blah, blah, blah. Despite all this outrage and the threats of charging insurrectionists with sedition, which is the act of attempting to overthrow the government, um, proving them based upon actual facts and evidence uh, is not likely. Developing reports indicate that none of the 400 people who were arrested for their involvement in the riot have been charged with sedition. Oh the most God. serious charge that has been brought against a defendant in this incident has been assault. And you can get an assault charge for literally spitting in someone's face. Yeah. You don't have to even like physically assault somebody. You can even kind of threaten it. I mean, like pointing a yeah. gun at someone is a felony assault, is for example, assault. or yeah. potentially even like threatening a punch or brandishing a weapon at them or something like that. Yep. Many of the trials for individuals involved in the Capitol riot of January 6th have started and much of the chagrin of liberals everywhere. The charges of these folks are facing aren't quite as serious as we were all led to believe they would be. In fact, the justice department has now said that the body of evidence in these cases is not as damaging as it was previously thought. So just to recap, this was a, this was a big insurrection in which, basically nobody brought a gun. I've seen some conflicting reports that there were certain weapons present, but effectively zero guns and the worst charges they can bring are assault charges for a select few people. And that's not, they're not um, looking for excuses to let these people off. Let's put it that way. This is the most politically charged prosecution in recent memory. They want to go after these people for everything they can. And the best they can do is trespass and assault and assault. But, but this is the biggest threat uh, ever. This is is a historical threat. Worst day since nine 11, whatever. And, and this is, this is the premise. He's the one that said that, right? Uh, He did say that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go after Ben, but he did say that. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, and of course, this is the premise to fence up your entire capital, to have your, your capital militarized for months on end, thousands of National Guard, whatever. That's and, and members of Congress acting like they're major victims. And of course, who was the biggest faux victim of all of it than AOC? We remember her with her teary video or her stream about how she was hiding in closets and people were breaking yeah. in and saying, where is she? And she wasn't even in the Capitol at the time. It's not just that, though. It's not just AOC making this bizarre exaggeration of the story of what happened that day. It's, it's what she uses that as an excuse to do. Uh, Cause there are additional real world consequences. Ryan Wentz is a left-wing anti-war activist from California. Um, and he, he posted this tweet that highlighted an AOC interview um, or an answer that AOC gave in an interview about the Israeli Palestinian conflicts. Now, ever since the Capitol riot, AOC through campaign emails and through her interactions on Twitter has been urging people to report mere criticism of her or disagreement with her as misinformation to the Twitter authorities and, and the powers that be. So this guy simply posts a clip of her answering a question 
about foreign policy and, uh, you know, foreign uh, conflict. And he says simply, um, well, her answer was incredibly underwhelming. Okay. Then two weeks later or a week, uh, a week later, two plainclothes officers from the California highway patrol showed up at his house calling his name. They explained that they'd been sent by U.S. Capitol Police in Washington to respond to a threat against a sitting member of Congress. Ryan says the police were unconvinced and remained committed to the idea that he had threatened to kill AOC. Also of note, uh, Ryan's Twitter was anonymized. You can see the original post here. His his handle is queer a la mode. <laughs> and his name is just Human Rights Watch Watcher. So it, it wasn't like his name was assigned to this. He didn't have any personal information on that. The speculation is that Twitter handed over his information to a police inquiry. Unreal. That's unreal. He barely said anything. Yeah. Uh, AOC denies any direct involvement. And I don't oh, see any whatever. mention of charges for Ryan Wentz. But st- I mean, absolutely outrageous. I, I'm open to the idea. If there's evidence that he threatened a member of Congress, I'd like to see it because this is so outrageous. Part of me is like, no, nah, there's got to be more to this story. But I also know how ridiculous the Capitol riot and threats to members of Congress has been exaggerated or have been exaggerated. So this could be entirely legit. You know, I had somebody I don't want to blow their cover. But after I told the story about how um, I I believed I was on a watch but do not detain list after that incident at the airport uh, two weeks ago, um, I had somebody that works at TSA uh, TSA message me, uh, write me an email, and they were like, what you described as being on a watch but do not detain list is exactly what we're doing with people that we surmise have been involved oh in God. some way in the Capitol riots. I was not there. Yeah. I, I had no, I didn't even, you know, I was so checked out. I had no idea what was even going on. Um, it could I mean, have been just stuff we said on the show about it. stuff we said it. on the show. Yeah. That's <laughs> unreal. And you believe this source to be credible, like someone who knows... Someone who's I mean, in the system, someone who would. Know. I didn't check their credentials. It could be, it could be somebody that is just making it up. I don't know why they would. Well, you know they have a TSA inside, or they know what they're talking about. Presumably, it's it's, it's an, an anonymous stranger, but. Oh, someone emailed you or something? Yeah. Oh, emailed. okay. I see. Okay. I don't know. I could believe it. I mean, obviously, something happened at the airport. Mm-hmm. And you weren't there, so they had to connect you to something. As far as I know, you haven't committed any crimes lately. Well, the average person commits three felonies a day. Yeah, I suppose any if any crimes that were identified or prosecuted. But I mean, this alarms me because I, I want people to think about how they're going to retroactively prove that we've committed crimes that we probably actually have committed, but uh, yeah. weren't aware that they were crimes. And that's, that's not true. a defense in court. So once they decide that they're coming for us, um, they will they will find something that you've done. It's probably true. All right, just a quick hoax hate. We'll get back to the chat and we will close out the show. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, on April 2nd, shocking racist images appeared on the campus of uh, Albion, Albion. It's a college in Michigan. Graffiti included Sharpie writings of KKK white power. We exist. KKK. (laughs) Bottom left. My favorite one. Die N words, please. (laughs) 
and a, a star of David with 666 written over it. That's not consistent, but okay. <laughs> and it, the, the one sounds more like a polite request than a threat. I, I don't know that we've heard die N words, please. That's, that's a new one. But by Monday, uh, students, so this was Friday, April 2nd, or whatever day that was. Uh, yeah, Friday, April 2nd, by that Monday, students were already out protesting on, uh, on that campus. More than 450 students and staff marched across the school campus on April 5th. There was a campus boycott, and students said they feel unsafe. Students accused the administration of not taking the threat seriously. The students threatened to file a civil rights lawsuit against the school. The administration pledged to provide care for the students most directly impacted, whatever that means, to address safety concerns and to investigate who is responsible. And then the police did uh, investigate who's responsible. And it turns out a black guy. (laughs) Every time. The suspect was taken in for questioning where he admitted to creating the graffiti. Additionally, there was surveillance camera evidence that put him in that place at that time. The black student remains unnamed, but has been placed on temporary suspension, which you always love that. Well, we got to give this guy as much protection as possible. But if he was an actual, if he was a white guy that did this, he's uh, he becomes a household name and he's blasted splattered everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. According to Andy. No, this student has also faked a proposed event on campus that was called white lives matter rally kill all n-words on campus <laughs> it's too on the nose black people develop some nuance and maybe you can get away with this well i don't want to lo- <laughs> not everyone is this guy some people have creativity all right <laughs> you know what somebody in the live chat just said what? that's adhesive writing for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh the work of an adhesive american <laughs> Now, this is what's uh, this is kind of typical stuff that you see all the time. What's bizarre, though, the NAACP and the Michigan Department of Civil Rights, which I believe is a government office, they still held a virtual healing forum on Friday Why? evening. Nothing happened. There's no word on if, how well attended it was or if it was Zoom bombed, but reportedly organizers made um, or they were doing this to make recommendations to the school administration about how to make the school a more inclusive environment. This coming from the Michigan Department of Civil Rights after they know who did this. Um, the headline in, in the in the Battle Creek Inquirer here, April 8th, Albion, Albion, Albion student suspended over racist graffiti, NAACP to host virtual community. So the guy's been suspended. You're still hosting the event and you're going to make recommendations to the school, here's a recommendation. Um, stop lying, start studying, and uh, yeah. make something of yourself. Jesus Christ. Where's Catboy Cammy when you need him? <laughs> this would have been an excellent one to bomb. Catboy Cammy, if you're watching this, which I know you're not because we're too cucked for you, but you've got a job to do. <laughs> okay. Well, that will do it uh, on all the stories for tonight. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Man, we still have a lot of people hanging out on DLive. So seriously, I can't tell you how I grateful I am. That you guys um, made it a success because I had no idea what to expect. So thank you for that. And let's uh, let's get back into the chat uh, before we get out of here over on tippy stream. Incompetent hand says, um, Matt, I have some ideas of how you can change your channel. Don't even start Uh, blonde. Your thoughts on Jared Kushner. Now we just have to yell. (laughs) What? Really? Do you really want to know what I he's just trying to poke buttons, you know? Mm. Uh, please feel free to scream over each other. Exactly. Love you guys. 
Susan can't stop us. Fucking Jared Kutcher. Uh, okay. Uh, what about Ivanka? Big fan. Juvanka? No. <laughs> all right. Now get it all out. Now, now we know. Laurel says, uh, "I have found that entropy is pretty good for super chats. It restreams from either uh, YouTube or DLive. When I was in YouTube jail, I was able to stream to entropy through DLive, and it went well. Okay, I don't know anything about entropy, but thank you and uh, Godspeed, Laurel. I know you're in the same sort of uh, halfway YouTube. We're in the same YouTube halfway house, basically. So, uh, good luck in in your uh, your efforts with Susan." Barmelon Barmelon says no Susan uh, uh no Susan so you can say fuck getting jabbed with an experimental biological agent Ivermectin works way better and no uh growing a second head search FLCCC just ignore the email Wednesday when you're back on YouTube well I guess that's the other thing is get all your medical advice out of the way <laughs> right now because uh, uh yeah yeah don't get the vaccine it's gonna kill all of you and you'll deserve it and then I'll laugh Frankie Fasthand says kind of odd that Twitter and YouTube want uh, to be as inclusive as possible. And yet they provide no transparency regarding supposed violations. So how are users supposed to learn from their mistakes if they don't know what they're even uh, if they don't even know what those rules are? That's exactly it. And this is what I was talking about on Twitter. It's like if you really believe that it's a we made it unsafe and you want us to help make it safe. Tell me how I can do that. But of course, that's not the point. The point is rules that can't be understood so that they can ban us for arbitrary reasons when they feel like it. If you knew yeah, how to follow exactly. the rules and the rules were actually clearly spelled out, there might be some objectivity and fairness to the system beyond eliminating people. They just don't like Phil says some, I guess I can read this. What's the, what's the, what's, the, what's the harm? What's the unsafety now, uh, some jogger kills an entire white family and the Sivnats still act. Oh, boy. Here we go. Still act like some kind of coming together with. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. It, it act like reconciliation is desirable, much less possible. Make sundown. <laughs> I don't know if I can read this because I don't even know what the reference is. Um, he wants. He definitely wants justice for the guy. Well, he's dead. So I guess. There will be no justice for him. But the guy who did the shooting, uh, I don't know what a. (laughs) Okay, here's a reference. It's a reference to. uh, To uh, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. (sighs) (laughs) It's it's too spicy, man. It's too spicy. But I I feel Phil's always stumping me, you know. That's his bit. Dan DeMann says, hey, guys, I hope you're doing well despite the BS from WikiWiki Stormtroopers. I've honestly never been interested in ARs before, but now I think I'm getting uh, going to get an 80% lower while they're still available. Thanks for the sanity <laughs> safe space. Yeah. Well, um, I've never I've never done any uh, manufacturing with an 80% lower. So I would just say if you plan to go that route, um, make sure that you are able to work with someone who knows what they're doing. But of course, per federal law, only you can manufacture your own firearm. And I would never, ever, ever advise any sort of transfer, any sort of uh, help with that sort of thing. I'm just saying it's, it's not like putting together Legos when you're doing that. You do need a little bit of uh, skill and tools, but good luck, man. And he also says, also, if you want some real ghost gun porn, look at the stuff coming out of Kyber pass. The Paki tribes in the mountains are making handmade knockoffs of real guns that have some pretty complex mechanics for, uh, hand tooling 
and no mass production parts. I don't know anything about it. So I'll have to check it out. Frankie Fasthands also says, God bless all viewers. Please remember that Christ forgave those who crucified him and all sinners while suffering on the cross. Keep calling out evil and fighting, but don't become what the left has uh, been calling you. Love your fellow man and pray. I can uh, certainly get on board with that. We appreciate it uh, very much. We love you. You're very special. That is the challenge, though. Even... uh, I, I, even when you feel like you are justified in um, reacting in certain ways, it is incumbent upon us to respect each other's rights and to uphold those and to understand and respect the humanity in each person. But I, but I want to take their rights is the thing. Well, I suppose that's where I cuck. I do want to preserve people's rights. <laughs> <laughs> Jehovah's thickness. That's a good one. Says, I came to the uh, stream a little late, but I was wondering if you've heard about Biden attempting to reform the Supreme Court. I didn't even have time to talk about that. But yeah, yeah the court packing that. study is underway, even though he said previously he didn't want to do that. Holden Mulray says, you guys got Susan banned because of the World Health Organization. Everyone who uh, repeats the World Health Organization should uh, have to put a nickel in a jar for for swearing. Yeah, the great irony is nobody contradicts the WHO more than the WHO, but we're punished for it. Concerned citizen says, now that gun violence and racism have been declared public health crises, how long until they are unacceptable to go against the approved narrative? That's an interesting angle related to that past post. If the WHO says uh, gun control is a public health uh, prescription. Which they can. They probably will. We're right on the cusp of that. Uh, what, What do we get? As a result of that, I hope we don't find out, but I think we're going to. Oh, my gosh. Um, here we go. Uh, t- uh, Tops 2-1 says Wolverines. I don't even know what the reference is, but thank you. I'm a cycle path. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Just wanted to let you know. I love you guys. Don't ever stop. I'm an avid YouTube viewer, and these uh, and you are the only channel I've ever supported monetarily, and I'm not Aww. some weirdo. Just really appreciate your content. Well, thank we're you. We're all weirdos. Uh, the fact that the seriously, I, I can't emphasize enough. I know I'm a broken record, but the fact that I was shown tonight that this show could sustain an outright Susan Axe, that's hugely encouraging to me. Not that I was considering ever quitting. I wasn't, but holy cow, we'll be just fine. And thank you for that. Progerian ape. Progerian? I don't know how you say that word. Longtime lurker. Thought I'd show some support while we wait for YouTube to get their heads out of their asses. Thanks for sticking with it, y'all. Thank you for keeping us in position to do yeah. so. Jordan E says, Matt, uh, or no, my dad, sorry, got the second COVID shot Thursday and had a heart attack Friday night. (gasps) Oh no, I'm sorry. I said all that stuff. I spent most of the week at the ER in the ICU. Keep him in your prayers and consider if you really need the MRNA shots. Well, obviously all the best to your family and to your dad, man. I'm really sorry to hear that. That's, uh, Again, uh, you don't even you don't have to say that these are common occurrences to say, shouldn't we at least be free to talk about them? Aren't they considerations that people should be free to talk about? I don't have to say that everyone's going to have a heart attack from the vaccine to just think that maybe he should be free to talk about what happened to him on social media without being slapped with some Facebook fact check. Yeah, exactly. They fact check your own experience about what happened to you. (laughs) Yeah. We have to stop these people. It is. Well, and this is the tough thing about it for me too, is like 
I, I realized this week, not that I had a lot of doubt. I just don't like coming to the conclusion that certain people are just shit people. I like to believe that people are fundamentally good and some stray on their path. Like Susan is just a trash human being. She just is. And it's depressing to me to realize that about some people. Well, what's more depressing is she thinks she's a good person. Yeah. Oh, and she'll tell you all about it. But, but yeah, it's a, it's an unsettling and upsetting thing to realize all the best to, uh, to your father, Jordan, uh, samurai pastor, Mike says blonde said, open our damn churches. Uh, we tried no place would let us rent. We are a small congregation without any real estate assets. If we owned a building, it, we would be open. No mask, full liturgy, the Lord's supper and Andy Cuomo can suck it. That's another consideration. Yeah. You got to own your yeah, own property, own your own property. Godspeed, man. And thank you for doing what you can to keep it going. Uh, Josh and Jesus says after the Chauvin trial, uh, joggers will be jogging but they will be thirsty from all that exercise. Therefore you should have some purple drink on hand so that <laughs> you can negotiate for your safety. That is a lot of hate in that heart. Yep. I can't believe that what else someone we got? will have so much like hate in their heart. Okay. So we're caught up on tippy stream. Let me, uh, See what I, again, I'm going to just close out with DLive and Trovo here, guys. Again, they don't let me scroll the whole thing. So if I lose your chat, my apology, I'm not trying to, but their system is a little difficult to follow. Um, let me find where I left off. Uh, I have one job and it's very difficult. Okay. I think this is where I'm I need sorry. to go. Sorry. No, this is my job. So it's. <laughs> Sopping beast. Says, we love you. You're very special faggots. Well, thank you. Aww. I wish Trump would have said that. That would have been great. Um, holy cow. I got so many people on here. Thank you guys all for contributing. Uh, lemons. Arcane and the Membrane says, a.k.a. Esoterica Unbound. Thanks for coming over. You kids need to behave. This user hipster interface is kicking my boomer ass. Well, I'm glad you figured it out. And I agree. Yeah, I'm really happy. Yeah. This is the thing is I love YouTube system. It's just the infrastructure and the UI, the user interface, fantastic. A plus. Yeah. You go over to DLive and Trovi, you got all this magical bullshit and all these characters doing these animated things. I just want to support the show. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the price you pay. So thanks for jumping the hurdles. Jones uh, says, Susan is a cunt, but if your numbers stay strong, letting YouTube go might be a good thing for the show. I could see the argument, but again, I want the satisfaction of them chopping me. Yeah, so do I. So that's my chosen path. They should do it. Let's see. Uh, C2K also says, results of Trovo poll follow. Um, Okay, so that he did a poll of what's going to happen with the Chauvin trial. One, they will riot if no death penalty. Two, they will riot anyway. Three, they will riot no matter what and then blame white oppression. 97% voted for three. 3% voted for two and three. So they will riot no matter what and uh, blame white oppression. Sounds like the uh, sounds like the plan here. Okay, guys, I think we are all set. Um, do you have anything that you wanted to say while we're away from Susan? Um... Wow. Now that the opportunity is here, I just, uh, I think that everybody should rethink the narrative on 9-11. <laughs> and let's see, what else? What, what, I, I feel so bashful now. Oh my God. Well, saying. Michael Reeder over in the uh, tippy stream says, went to a hardware store yesterday. None of the employees were wearing masks. Going to be patroning them a lot more now. Yes. 
um, at the, the tire shop near my house that had, that had an anti-mask sign in the uh, door since last summer, I've been going to them for my tire needs, but I went to the, go get my tires swapped out last week and they stripped one of my lugs and then said that it was broken when I got there. And I was like, uh-huh. that's a bunch of bullshit. You guys broke that. But I'm not going to argue against you because I appreciate your anti-mask sign. Here's your 70 bucks and I'll be on my way. I'll fix really? that shit. Yeah, I'll fix it myself. Actually, I got I couldn't get the lug out. So I got to take it to a different guy to get the to get the actual stud out. That sucks. But because they stood up for something, I was like, You're I fine. don't care about the subpar work. <laughs> That's fine. As long as my wheel doesn't your fall shoddy off. Shoddy mechanics. Yeah. All right. Are we all set? I guess so. Okay. I don't know. Well, we will call it a night. Man, um, seriously, guys, I, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for sticking with us. And 4,000 viewers, live viewers and I am. That's so awesome. And it was so great to sit down and make the show with all the effort that we usually would, knowing that Susan is not a requirement in that arrangement. So, Susan, if you wise up and you want to host this show and shut the hell up and take your money. Yeah, you dumb bitch. <laughs> that's all you got to do. But of course, you got to meddle. We know that you'll meddle and we know you'll do it again. And this is probably the first in a series of episodes on this topic. Anyway, I will post the show on the video on all video platforms after the fact. If you want to listen to more Blondes interviews, some other interviews, they're on the website and on the audio platforms. MattChristensenMedia.com. We'll be back on Wednesday and on Sunday, unless Susan bans us, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a fantastic week, guys. Really, really appreciate it.